Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. All right, let's start. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. Woohoo, he's back. Andy. Hey, now. Hey, now. <laughs> also, Annie in. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, this is episode 268, Review Series Volume 9. SAB Goblin Raw. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Dude, I'm glad I'm back for the Raw. Yeah. yeah. Review. We've been waiting on you. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I missed another episode where you guys talk about money and finances. Yeah. Yes. Slipped <laughs> under the radar, that one. This is what happens. We don't we run out of ideas. We gotta start divulging some, you know, information oh. we don't want to. Oh boy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right, let's catch up with the week. Who wants to go first? I want to go first. Okay. Because okay. I got go to do it. a shitload of talking in the main thing, so I need a break. Um, I got 16 f- more flights on the Raw last week. Damn you, I'll never catch up. It brings me Damn up to ever. 60 total in three weeks. Wow. Wow, man. Yeah. You got me beat Good for you. Five fold or six fold. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Awesome, Better, man. Hurry up, Steve, if you're going to catch me. Oh, it's done. You're, you're like, you're like on the other side of the planet. If I now. quit flying, you might catch me by the end of the year. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I was working on, what was I working on? Something the other day, I realized I was running low on servo connectors. So I ordered a restock of those. I got 300 housings and 1,000 pins this time. Nice. So hopefully that'll do me at least another year or two. Nice. Now, which kind do you get, dude? This time I got the one from Hanson Hobbies because they have them loose, Mm -hmm. which is just easier to deal with. I mean, yeah, it costs a few bucks more than if you buy them, like a spool of them from DigiKey or somewhere. But the convenience is worth it to me. And they're they're good, like gold-plated connectors. And then their housings are pretty decent. Well, you got the same type, right? Hmm? Didn't you listen to Telerotor? Yes. You, you got no, the I've same got the cr- type, right? Yeah, I got the ones okay. that... Which I have crampers that work for either one, but yes. Okay. I forgot the right. uh, my name of the ones I got, but... <laughs> They, okay. work, they work with my crimper. Yes. And I started flying the packs that we're doing for their LiPo review. So I have six flights on each of those now. Started those over the weekend. Cool. Yeah. Nice. So gathering that data. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all I've been up to. Got six flights Saturday, six flights Sunday. Cycled those packs a few times each. And yeah, that's it. Got my servo stuff. Okay. Who else has something exciting? Oh, I have something exciting. Oh, boy. Would you Would you like to see it or hear about it? No, I don't want to see it. You don't want to see it or hear about it. I've been tricked by that once before. I don't want to see anything. 
Yep. Just come out here to this <laughs> pickup <laughs> truck. <laughs> oh, shit. So should I go next? Sure. Yeah, go for it. Sure. So I, I missed a few shows. Sorry about that. Yeah, I was on saw. vacation mm-hmm. in Las Vegas, Pennsylvania. Yep. If anybody from work is listening. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's uh, I had a good time. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I didn't win any money. Of course, that's the first question I get asked. Did you win any money? I won a little bit and I lost a little bit. My wife did actually did pretty good. Um, my lucky parts, my lucky part of the trip was on the plane ride out. They said, ladies and gentlemen, please take your seats. The flight is or we have a hundred percent full flight. And I, and because of the way we travel, my wife usually gets the aisle seat and I get the middle seat, even though I want the window seat, I usually get stuck in the middle and there was nobody sitting next to me on the flight out, which was awesome. So I got two seats. Nice. And then on the way back, <laughs> the uh, guy sitting next to me, his wife was in the aisle like the the across the aisle in the middle seat and the window seat was empty over there and they closed the door and he said I'm going to jump over there to that window seat and left his seat vacant over next to me so I got a window seat and two seats on the way back too it was great nice was, there's no better way to why don't you, you just know, spend book 4 the or 5 hours window seat and let her have the aisle seat uh, <laughs> <laughs> then you wouldn't have to talk to her well, then she'd be reaching over whoever was in between <laughs> us when we when we hit turbulence yeah. or took off or landed or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, that'd be all right. Make them uncomfortable. Yeah. They'd get up and move. Which, mm-hmm. dude, on a side note, we left Las Vegas and he did a 180 like to turn around. I don't know why. Um, I guess the wind on the ground was one way. I don't know. Whatever. He took off west and did a slow 180 east and we hit the worst turbulence I've ever hit on a plane. Oh, wow. Like lady was screaming behind me and i was like shut up turbulence <laughs> has never brought down a plane yeah my wife was clutching my hand and yeah it was just because then once we got up to like ten thousand, it was fine but yeah, it, sure. i'd never hit turbulence like that before man it was crazy but uh trip was fun got to see my buddy got to hang out my uh in-laws you know they go out like four times a year so and they're getting up there so my wife's always like hey can we go out with them you know and just uh, they, she'll go play bingo with her mother and me and her, me and her dad will hang out at the bar or whatever, or go play craps or something. And it was, it was a fun time. The one day we went to uh breakfast, we got back about 1130 and I said, Tony, what do you want to do? He goes, Oh, let's go to the bar. And we sat there. He was drinking scotch and I was drinking vodka tonics till like six o'clock at night. We were just shooting <laughs> <Nice>. the shit. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And he, dude, God bless this guy. He's like going to be 93 next month. I think. And uh, he's he's amazing, man. Amazing guy. But anyways, so I did get out and do some flying. Oh, I simmed, I simmed with, on Friday night with the regular crew. Yeah. And uh, that was a lot of fun, man. Andy, you were there. Ian uh, showed up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shaggy, um, Darren was there. And Rich mm-hmm. Sowers mm-hmm. showed up. And it, yeah. was, it was a lot of fun. There was a couple of Big new crowd. voices. Uh, I know, I know uh, our buddy... Uh, Jamie Burkholder was there because he was cracking us up at one point. Mm-hmm. We were, I forget what we were laughing about with him, but we were having some fun. Yeah, and, there was uh, a lot of the... I forgot to say that I did that as well. Yeah. A bunch of guys there. Good times. I, I look forward to that because I look forward to the sim time and then, you know, shooting the shit. And it's it's always... It's been great for me. It's been really cool. 
So then I went to the field on Sunday and uh, I brought out the 690 and the Oxy 5. I haven't flown since January um, in uh, Miami. I brought the two helicopters and I brought the Shrike. And the Shrike I put together and it never left the ground. <laughs> it sat <laughs> on the ground the whole time. Nice. I, I was having so much fun flying helicopters, man. The first flight nice. with the Oxy 5, dude, I was throwing down. I was nervous as hell and just. I was just banging the shit out of it. I had a great day. All in all, man, Planker was there. You know, the regulars, a couple of the regular guys were there. But as far as what I've been working on, man, the uh, the TikToks, man, my TikToks are getting really good tail down and nose right and nose left. I'm getting down big time. Nice. Like I was, I was able to, I, I definitely see the difference. You know, Andy, how we were talking one night about how, the the you know tail rotor spinning and kind of pushing you down yeah right so you, you kind of got to get over that hump faster you know mm-hmm. to catch it but uh I, ca- I can't say that i did a complete you know four point tiktok but i was kind of working it around trying nice. it's still work in progress my transition from like nose left or nose right into nose down is is a little weird i can do nose down if i start out nose in but it's just uh, it's the transitioning in and out of that. I got to work on a little bit. So I'll talk about the worst thing that happened, I guess, first. Before the one of the, the better things, um, I flew. I think I got six flights on each helicopter. I was just getting a lot of flights in. Not really a lot of people there. And I'm, those numbers might be a little high, but I'm not sure. I don't I don't, I don't usually count them. But I know I had I had charged one more battery. For the oxy five (laughs) one uh, more (laughs) just that one more and i was telling i was telling cricky that uh, i still have the original skids on on this thing you know i haven't crashed didn't crash it all year well i was getting low at the last flight like i was doing funnels low um tail down funnels i was doing them like a foot or two off the ground i was doing pyro flips like eye level and i was doing tiktoks like pretty low you know side in and just just doing all sorts of crazy shit. So I decided to do like start doing backflips and I did a backflip and I did a skid bump and I did another backflip. And instead of stopping, I planted it into the ground. <laughs> you plowed it. Like, plow- like picture the Hulk throwing Loki around in the Avengers. <laughs> right. It was like the Hulk just by the my tail helicopter, boom. Oh, by the tail boom, and just whipped it right around. Boom. Straight in like plant- to the point where Cricky jumped up out of his seat. And he was like, what the f was that like he's like holy shit what would you what was that i was like i was trying to do you know some skid bumps and some stops and shit and i just i just dumb thumbed it end of the day like i was just spent and uh so i went out there and i'm like uh, well get to see you know how bad of a crash it is uh-huh. i had to cut yeah. the canopy off the frame the canopy was just destroyed and wrapped around the frame wow. so that obviously gone the blades were gone i think what saved a lot of it was the one-way bearing went on it that's completely gone like i think Mm -hmm. i definitely hit throttle hole but probably after you know as it was going in or after it was in Uh and uh let's see i I did a I did sort of diagnosis and wrote some parts uh sunday night and i i the you know how the the main grips have that main grip arm that kind of keys in that was twisted all up But I didn't bend the main shaft or the feathering shaft. I was shocked. Um, wow. The frame is good. The damn skids are still in one piece. <laughs> nice. 
and my ESC is kind of like I zip tied on the front there on the front nose um, with those smaller zip ties. What happened with that was that just the zip ties broke and it just moved a little bit. And I kind of screwed up the wires because it dug into the battery tray. That was another thing that I, I cracked all up. The battery was okay. But uh, I was amazed that for plowing it in the way I did, that it wasn't a lot more damage to it. I really, I want to fire it up again and, and make sure the the servos are okay, but they looked fine. Uh, the linkages looked fine. But uh, let's see. Yeah, that uh, that amazed me. I, I got some part. Oh, and I bent the boom up. But what I did was when I bought that kit, um, I, I bought an extra canopy like a year and a half ago whenever I bought that kit. I bought mm-hmm. main main uh, gear, main shaft and a feathering shaft. I bought like crash kit type of stuff. Yeah. So I, I have an extra canopy. So all in all, it's probably nice. It's probably like a one fifty. It costs, or you know, seventy five dollars one. I think it's like seventy five with blades. So probably one fifty altogether. Uh, in what I damaged, well, plus the canopy too. If I didn't have the canopy, that's still not that bad. I mean, no. you could have, you could rebuild it and fly it without the canopy for that price, right? So yeah, yeah. so that's not bad. Sweet. So that was my that was my like. Down I point. I saw it. Oh, I wish someone it was, had a video. <laughs> it was freaking epic. It was epic because I was I, I was having a good flight and shit was getting low. Yeah, I'm sure, right. And I, I was having a lot of fun and just Probably the best flight you've thrown down, like you know, height wise, right? Like you know, on the deck wise. Yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just uh, just the last one of the day, you know, like, and I was I was getting pretty tired. Uh, just been out in the sun and all that. It was a nice day. It was a really good day. But the highlight of the day was I, I did an inverted auto uh, a couple of times with 6 yeah. 9 Sweet. That was awesome. Fantastic. Yeah, which Mike D got video of after the... And, and what I did was I put it in... I think initially I put it in 1,400 uh, you know, RPM. My 690, I kind of have like really low, like 900, 1,400, and whatever I fly in. I think 1,950 is my... Right. Bank three. So I put it in 1400. I've been practicing on this on the sim for like months. You know, John was helping me out, John Allen, mm-hmm. um, with a couple of just a couple of pointers, you know, as I was coming in, what to do, you know, bring the nose up a little bit and just flip it around and put it in 1400, did it once or twice. And I'm like, I'm going to try, you know, in 800. And as soon as I got mm-hmm. the, the timing right as far as where to land it, uh, that's when I was like, shit, I'm just going to try it, mm-hmm. yeah. you know, cause I, I, my initial ones were coming way down to the left and everything. And I'm like, okay, I just gotta just yeah, float it, it in. Better. Yeah. Normally. And I kind of, and you know, Mike D posted the video and, uh, Scott Graham said something about an aileron roll coming out was, was not what he was expecting, but to me, it's actually the easiest way to do it. I don't know. Oh, yeah, maybe I'm far. wrong. No. Yeah. Aileron rolls the too, best. Right? Yeah. Because then your your orientation is, you know, you're almost 45 tails facing you and you just bring it out of that and bring it back towards you and you're done. Oh, you didn't do an aileron roll. You did kind of a, a caddy cornered roll flip. Well, I pitched bobbed. it up. Yeah, I kind of like did what John said, you know, push the nose up about 45 and then just aileron roll it over. So, yeah, my nose is up and then just brought the tail around, which kind of like. Like I'm saying, kind of like funnels you around to be tail in right in front of you, sort of. Mm-hmm. So it actually worked out really well. Mm-hmm. A lot of fun. I was doing a lot of those. Then after that, you know, 
just having having a good time with that. And it's to me, I don't know, Andy, to me, it's actually easier than doing uprights because uprights, you got to turn around 180 degrees. OK, and then get some forward momentum and then get into that attitude. With you don't, this, you don't have just, to. You can go up inverted and then do the same maneuver Do the half, yeah, roll, over. half roll thing. Yeah. With this, I found, you know, going up tail end and then just pulling back and coming straight back. Mm-hmm. And then I'm already pulling down, you know, positive, but I'm inverted. Mm-hmm. Yep. So it's, uh, it was cool. I, yeah, I really had a lot of fun. It was a good day, man. That's fantastic that you're doing those, Kevin. Yeah. And Mike D was like, I was thinking of all these excuses not to come to the field. And he was like, as soon as I pulled in and backed the trailer and he was like, I'm glad I came because <laughs> Mike D said, it. Mike D was having a blast. And let me tell you, dude, that guy's flying. Holy shit. Is he getting yeah. really, he's doing really good. Like no fear. Mike D he's just like <laughs> out there. He nice. was doing stuff like he still does the crazy, like corners, you know, like yeah. flips and rolls that he does, but he's been doing more backwards flying. I've noticed. And just, uh, he's walking off the field with a giant smile on his face every time. Like he's loving Fantastic. it. Fantastic. Nice. Yeah. Love it. Flying the hell out of Drake and uh, I think his other ones that seven hundred he has, um, the yellow seven hundred that he has, and he kind of we kind of were talking during the day and he was like, "Yeah, man, I'm just gonna fly these two models." You know, I have a lot more helis at home, mm-hmm. um, and a lot more work to do on some of them. And he was ordering parts. He goes, "But for now, you know, I'm, these are my two favorite models. I'm just gonna keep flying these." And I was like, "Dude, this is exactly what you got to do. Mm-hmm. Yep, just just keep having fun with those, man." Yeah, so that was uh that was my that was my week, man. Or my weeks. That's fantastic, Kevin. That's awesome, man. Hey Steve, yeah. how are your autos coming? <laughs> Still gotta work on them. <laughs> Nowhere near. <laughs> Nowhere near where Kevin's at now. Yeah. It's uh it was pretty cool to like try it outside the sim. Mm-hmm. And uh you know. It's it's always good when you do something like that, no matter what it is, when you you know, you have a day where you fix something or, you, you know, it's always an achievement. You're always kind of jazzed up from that. Oh, yeah. It's it fantastic. Feeling. Yeah. Were the jitters worth it? Actually, I was more jittery the first flight with the Oxy-5, like after not <laughs> flying for like two weeks. I come off the field and I was like, oh, yeah, you know, that was a great flight. I had a lot of fun flying, but I, I was. <laughs> you're you like, know, I'm kind of glad that's over. <laughs> yeah. And then after that, you're like, yeah. yeah. I'm having fun. And I hear it again. Mm-hmm. Trying the half pyros for the first time. I think I did like three or four of them. And then just the, the jitters were getting to be too much. And then I think like the next time after I, uh, after that flight, uh, I was doing them fine. I mean, I'll probably, you know, continue shaking like a leaf the next time I try them in person. So, you know, I, I learned something from this crash too with the Oxy 5. Like, I've done this before where I've done something like new and it's really close and it's really on the edge. It gets the, the adrenaline going and then I do it again and I screw it up and I plow it in. Like I've definitely done that before, like back to back with that. And mm-hmm. I got to, I've learned that if I do that and it's a close call to stop and reset and think about what you're doing or just land, <laughs> calm down, just land, calm yeah. down a little bit. Cause I was like definitely all jazzed up. Mm. Nice. All right, hard to, though. You know, when you're, once you're in a moment though, it's so hard to be like, no, no, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> you're like, exactly. oh, yeah, it's so good, you know. Yeah, you're like you're wowing yourself. You got that adrenaline running through your, you know, veins, and it's like, yeah, yeah, exactly. 
don't tell me what to do. I'm going to crash it. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It goes in. It goes in. Fuck it. That's why I got to learn to learn to do that. (laughs) Yeah. Next time you do that, though, you got to make sure someone's recording. Yeah. (laughs) You know? You're like, damn, I'm going to do this real low. Okay. So we got to record. Yeah. All right. Um, Who's left? Me and Nian? Yeah. I mean, I can probably go. I'll, I'll go ahead and go since I probably didn't do a whole lot. Um, let's see. I simmed and was on Discord on Friday. Um, usual suspects. Uh, I ended up uh, chilling with uh, Keith and Satender until like, oh, geez. I think it was like 2.30 in the morning my time. You know, it was Ooh. bullshit, wow. shenanigans. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually simmed quite a few times this week. Uh, believe it or not, just been working on more of the half pieros and trying to, you know, really get used to, you know, doing the stir to try to make it just a continuous pero flip, which it's still pretty ugly. I'm not going to lie there. Um, I did dabble with a little bit of autos, but I, I think I'm running into the same problem that a lot of people do, do have with next is I don't think next really, you know, accurately when it comes to autos, it, it's just, it doesn't feel right. It doesn't. It's, yeah. It's pretty terrible for autos. To be honest. It really is. But I mean, it could be a good thing. You know, who knows? I might go ahead and try to auto something here in the next month or so and maybe see if it went to good use or if I'm just, I don't know. Um, I mean, I do get the concept of it. But uh, other than that, I worked and had to do repairs to the Jeep. Uh, ended up hearing nothing but grinding noises coming. And I, I was thinking it was, uh, we've been chasing noises, both me and the mechanic, uh, for like the past couple months. We've been, you know, we were thinking that maybe it was the wheel bearing, you know, just couldn't really get a good, you know, handle on where the noises were coming from. And turns out it was the front drive shaft. The the uh, the bearings were pretty much gone in it. I mean, it started making noises like Thursday, and it was it was terrible. Like driving down the street, you know, as I'm working, and it's just grinding down the street, and like people were walking down the sidewalk and just watching me drive on by, like like damn. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they uh. I ended up getting that replaced today, but in the meantime, th- there was a couple of uh, days where I I only worked like a half a day because I didn't feel like really pushing the truck because I didn't know how far along that drive shaft was going to, you know, you know, how long was it going to be until I was to replace it? Because, you know, they were thinking Monday, and, you know, they, they weren't really sure about a schedule. They ended up squeezing me in today. So I took like a, a couple half days, you know. I'll just chill, did it, you know, stuff at home. Uh, I ended up putting in uh, most of the electronics for the 420. So there's only one more parts order until that thing is like ready to go. I got, um, I got the KST servos all installed. Got the ESC ready to go. I've got the, the leads all soldered up and ready. Um, I just haven't done the other end because I don't know what size bullets the, the motor is going to come with. 
the only other thing I have to do to the airframe itself is just go ahead and go through the, the rotor head, grease the bearings, make sure everything's good up there, and that's pretty much ready to go. But uh, how's your week going, Steve? Uh, let's see. So I flew on Saturday. Uh, Joe Reyes came, I guess, down from Maryland. So it's Joe, DePaula, um, Lamont was there, Tim was there. A couple of new guys showed up too that I think are, are planning on joining. Uh, this cat, Brian, and his brother, uh, Tom. And yeah, I flew. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get as many as Andy. <laughs> I bowed out to Andy's 16 Aww. flights with, with only about Aww. five. I did get five flights on it, though. Um, you know, just basically putting cycles on those new packs that we got. So, um, yeah, I'm starting to get real comfortable with the raw now. I'm starting to get real comfortable flying again. You know, like nice, dude. doing stuff and like, I don't know. It's it's kind of gotten to a point where like I go out flying, I do like you know, Mobius flips, whatever. I fly back and forth and do a couple circuits, and it's like okay, that's it. But now I'm like, oh, I'm kind of doing loops again and like just adding other things to my flights which i'm starting to really get comfortable flying right so i'm not just concentrating on like the really comfortable stuff that i like don't think about and do but actually things that i'm like okay i want to come down the line roll a couple times and then come back inverted like you know um and do like aileron tiktoks maybe wag the tail bit and do you know try different things and yeah i just kind of was doing it so it felt good. It felt definitely more comfortable. So, yeah. Nice. Nice, dude. Uh, let's see. Besides that, I got this little RC trike thing from Tamiya back when uh, at my old house. And I finally like took it out of the box. I was like, screw it. I'm going to build this thing. I got. I picked up a was this, Savox servo from Hobby Town USA and uh, had a little ESC and everything. So I, I started putting it together. It's kind of an interesting little RC car motorcycle thing. It's very weird because the front half of the motorcycle tilts like a motorcycle, but it's a trike, so the back two wheels kind of just stay on the ground. And the servo like is just linked to this arm that just tilts the whole motorcycle left or right. And it's interesting because it rolls over, but it has these arms that you kind of like wig wig your you know your steering, and it'll like roll itself over. It's pretty neat. It's a pretty little kind of cool looking thing. It's kind of weird, but it's cool. So, uh, nice. let's see. I got my M1 parts in. So, I don't know if I mentioned it, but I crashed the M1 the other week and I need some parts. Uh, I got that fixed, but I didn't get a chance to fly. Um, this week was kind of weird. It started out with a, a toothache. <laughs> like oh Sunday night, I kind of noticed like, oh, it kind of tooth kind of hurts and I have this one last wizard tube on my upper left part of my jaw. And it's like, I know I have to remove it eventually, but I think it's now starting to like impact my other teeth. So, um, so yeah, I had to go to the dentist this week. So that sucked. And I actually got an appointment to get surgery this Thursday. Oh, jeez, dude. Get that tooth extracted. So that's going to be fun, fun, fun for the weekend. I'm sure Andy has a hammer and a chisel you could use. I know, right? It might be quicker. Probably more painful now. <laughs> uh, yeah. Or an ice skate and a rock. You yeah. That. I've seen Ooh. that done somewhere. Oh, man. That's crazy. 
Did that was a movie. Thinking of it. <laughs> yeah. But I got some other good news. Well, that's not good news, but I got some good news. Uh, finally closed on my house, my new oh, house in nice, Jersey. Dude. Oh, nice. hallelujah! Yes, so that that chapter is done. No more. Uh, <laughs> I don't own that house anymore. Dude, that's got to be fantastic. Uh, yeah, dude, shoulders humongous. I mean, yeah. You know, we we listed the house in November. No, it was October. Sorry, we listed the house in October. And whatever, the first buyer kind of fell through. But the second one, which was supposed to close January 24th, we closed March 23rd. Wow. Yeah. So two months delayed, but whatever. Nonetheless, we're done. You know, the house is sold. It's off my hands. And yeah, seriously, huge weight off my shoulder. (laughs) Fantastic. That's great, dude. And more Raws on the wall. Yeah, I know I'm going to fund the, (laughs) the Raw Nitro now. (laughs) <laughs> oh, nice. and, and a whole bunch of other shit that uh <laughs> i got in line for me so yeah well that, that'll come up later on in the later episodes when we start talking about uh you know garages and stuff so it'll be fun it'll be hobby related okay all right so i think that's it for me let's get right into the main topic i want to hear this so the goblin raw review by andy ross <laughs> that's it yeah that's what i think yeah you know? just scream raw that's it yeah <laughs> all right <laughs> all right i'm done let's move on <laughs> you did that last week and i was listening to it and it was like, oh dude you cracked me up he's like he's like me. uh like a dj you know like scratching <laughs> the raw <laughs> it's awesome mm. all right first impressions what do you think um, first impressions, everything is packed well in the boxes, everything mm-hmm. in bags, Yep. you know, has foam cut around the canopy and everything. I mean, kind of your typical, uh, kit. I mean, I wouldn't say anything spectacular about it, but it's packed really, really well. Yep. The, the manual is really nice comes with a printed color manual mm-hmm. uh which is which is like super nice and like i said everything was in bags and i'll get into that a little bit more uh, in the build stuff but first impressions was good first thing i did yeah. was pull that boom out and examine it yeah it's a massive Dude, boom it's massive right? it? Is yeah, it it's, awesome? it's pretty damn big <laughs> so that's cool Nice. Pulled out the canopy and was like, oh, there's nothing here. <laughs> yeah, where is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can't, Dude, can't, couldn't put it on my head, so that's a fail. Head. Yeah. <laughs> you know, couldn't do the canopy head. But the boom is is nice. I like the boom. Yes. All right. Uh, let's talk about the build. So the build, very simple build. Mm-hmm. The The manual is, is very well written, easy to follow. Nice pictures. You'd have to really try hard to screw up the build on this. Like it, it was pretty simple. Yep. Um, I, and we should say this is my very first SAB, like building it new out of the box. I've had a couple, but always got them used. So I've never, mm-hmm. and I've messed with other people's, but never built one straight out of the box. Right. 
So impressed with the build. Everything's very simple. The mm-hmm. tail parts were very nice and smooth, went together without any having to, mm-hmm. you know, sand or file or yep. finagle with the, the tail parts at all. Mm-hmm. That can be a problem on some kits where most of the time the the little links, like the dog bone links that go from the slider yeah. to the the to the um the tail blade grips, you know, yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. those will be a little stiff. These were perfect. Like they, they had plenty yeah. of, of slack. So they, they moved very free. So I was happy with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wiring is very straightforward. They give you a channel to put everything in. I feel yeah. like it could be a little bit larger because time mm-hmm. I put my two, two ESCs, the, uh, buffer unit and then the servo wires that come down that one side mm-hmm. it's pretty full like I, yeah. I would think I would like the channel to be a tad bit deeper maybe but it's not a big deal the wiring did you get all like did you get like all super OCD about the wiring you can lay a lot of wire in there if you actually like lay it flat well I kind of tried but yeah. It was too annoying, so I yeah, didn't. Okay. I would say, though, even though it's in that channel, I didn't mm-hmm. do anything with the wires from the front of the channel to the front of the ESC, and I turned my ESC, like, with the ba- the battery wires coming out the top, like, closest to mm-hmm. the motor, yeah, motor wires coming around. out the bottom. Yeah. Normally, on most helis, I put all that stuff in the braided sleeving, and yeah. it looks real slick and it's kind of, uh, you know, it blends into the frame so you can hardly even see it. I didn't mm-hmm. do that on this one because I would have to terminate it there at the channel because the channel just really wasn't big enough to fit all yeah. that in there. So mm-hmm. just looking at it, it doesn't look any cleaner than my other builds, mm. but it was simpler to do, I guess. Yeah. And you could pull that channel off and cut cut a few zip ties and everything's free. So yep. it's not a plus or a minus, just different. Yep. Um, I did run into an issue with the canopy screws at the back. I, they need a spacer between the canopy and the frame. Because if you tighten them down, the it kind of puts the canopy in a bind. And I feel like it would crack over time. So mm-hmm. I used a flat washer on the outside and I used the, the, um, I don't know what kind of washers you call these that it comes yeah. with it. They're like stepped. Yeah. They're like a step with a it. taper on one side. Yeah. I actually flipped those around, putting the mm-hmm. taper toward the frame. Towards so the, frame. the flat yeah, okay. part would fit that rubber, um, washer that they have mm-hmm. you stick to the canopy. And that yep, worked yep. fine. I just used a normal flat washer on the outside. And that's nice. working well. And the, the canopy is is not rubbing the frame and in a bind like it would have been otherwise. I'm curious to see how mine is. I don't think I just followed the instructions, so I don't know. I don't think I use any If you snugged it down, it could be well, I don't know. You can look mine could be different. Yeah, but I really we'll, feel we'll like see. it needed a spacer there. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, like a two, three millimeter thick washer. Right. The countersink screws that go in for these blind nut things that mm-hmm. you bolt on there, the the screws don't fit flush. Yeah. And 
I don't really see it as a problem myself. Some people have mm-hmm. mentioned it to me. If they countersunk them to they went all the way in flush, there wouldn't be a whole lot holding. No. But that being said, they're only holding that nut. So they mm-hmm. really don't do anything anyway, really, once you put the other screw in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really a problem for me, uh, although I'm not a fan of the way they did the countersink anyway. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay. But as far as like assembling it, the fact that they don't go in flush is really a non-issue, um, no. especially on the the parts on the upper frame because the, there's a spacer between the upper frame and the lower frame. So if the screw mm-hmm. head's sticking out some, it really doesn't hurt anything. I do really like those blind nut things mm-hmm. so that you can attach the lower frame without having to have a frame spacer or any kind of, you don't have to get in there and hold a nut or anything. Right. So it's, it's a pretty nice system. I like the way they did yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the tail control rod. And I realize this has been on all goblins since the beginning of time, but I don't mm-hmm. like the way you just put a smooth rod or link type system inside a hollow carbon tube. There's Wait, yours are smooth? Well, it was threaded, but it's not yeah. like it's... The part is the inside of the carbon tube. You don't have a lot to glue to. Right. Um, I use some side cutters and put some dimples in mine. You could mm-hmm. grind it with a Dremel, I guess, but I like displacing the metal because you're not removing any. You're just moving it around a little bit. So, yeah. like you take a wire cutter, but you only cut 20% into the rod. And then I used, uh, what did I use? I think I used uh, JB Weld epoxy to fasten yeah. that and then you've got the sleeve over it which keeps the the carbon from splitting mm-hmm. but i feel like that certain situations especially if you use the ca glue like the manual suggests mm-hmm. i don't feel like that's a very strong connection i feel like if it vibrates or something the ca could debond yeah. from the the carbon yeah. and the rod yeah. could pull straight out i'd like to see them do something a little bit different with that but yeah, I know I mean, there's I a lot of gob- really... mm-hmm. I know there's a lot of goblins out there. I don't know that a lot of them lose their tail control rod, so it's probably not an issue. I've I've rarely hold. I don't think I've actually. I think I've lost the bolt more than I've <laughs> cracked the CA in the tail control rod. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's just me being. Mm-hmm. Me. Sure. No, no, no. Be critical. About me it, right? me being think... an overcritical. Hillbilly engineer. <laughs> I've always epoxied that. Never CA'd that. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, yeah, I always use JB Well. They have yeah. CA in the manual. I honestly do. don't mm-hmm. think that's the greatest. I really think no. you should use a, like a 30 minute epoxy or a JB Well Some or something of, like that. Yeah. Yeah. JB Well primarily, but if anything, maybe, yeah, like a two part epoxy. Yeah. Exactly. I, I personally don't like using CA. It's, you know? it's, it's not ideal for that. Especially the yeah. inside of that tube, you know, it could have yeah. dust in it or, you know, and it's slick. Mm-hmm. You can't really get in there to sand it so that you can get no, a good bond. No, can't do anything. So, it's it, not It is greatest. interesting, no. It is interesting what you were saying. Uh, you're taking, like, side cutters and kind of nipping mm-hmm. the metal. 
And you're basically what I what I'm imagining is you're basically making that part a little bit like a barb, right? Like so, kind of stick out a little and kind of yeah. But it's not so much as sticking in. out as just putting notches in it. But instead mm. of grinding a notch with like a Dremel, I'm just yeah. moving the metal around. I'm displacing it. Right. So right. it's it's not a sharp barb per se. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I think the threads on the rod would hold better than the inside of the tube anyway. I think the sure. adhesive coming loose from the carbon tube would be the failure point. Right. You know, I could be wrong, but that's just the way I see it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it seems like there would be a chance of that. I don't really recall hearing a lot of folks ever having that issue, but it seems like CA really, can that really hold? Yeah. You know, yeah, like and tap CA and it cracks, right? So it's like, right. Uh, yeah. And that's the thing I'm thinking of a, a vibration yeah. situation or something over mm-hmm. fatigue over time. Sure. Yeah. Um, I do like that they started including a sleeve because the, yes. the, the, the tube splitting, you know, used to be somewhat of an issue, which you could correct with thread or, or whatever, but it always yeah. kind of looked shitty. Yeah. So I always like the sleeve. Yeah. Sleeve is a much better system for that. Uh, the belt. I had, I had to put the tail belt in three times because I'm an idiot. <laughs> what? So I, I got the, the boom. I slide the, the belt in. I put it over the pulley. And uh-huh. I go to doing something else. And then I look. I was like, son of a bitch, it's turning backwards. So I take it out. And I stretch it all out. And I do it. And then I stick it in and put it in again. I don't really check it at that point. And then again, it's turning backwards. What the <laughs> fuck? How, I'm, no, I'm holding it straight as I put it in there. And then I finally figured out, hey, idiot, it's going through a gearbox. So the, the yeah, pulley's the turning opposite, opposite of what I normally, you know, because I'm used uh-huh. to putting the tail uh, yeah, belt on the, the, other twist. <laughs> the pulley that's on the main shaft. Yeah. This tail pulley spins opposite the main shaft. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't figure out why my tail was turning backwards. <laughs> I was like, oh, stupid ass. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of funny. <laughs> to be honest, every time I put a tail belt on, I'm like, I have to turn the head and feel which way the pulley's going. Like, yeah. Okay, this is the way I got to do it. Well, okay. I mean, I've just, I've built, you know, yeah. lots of them and it's always been on the, the main shaft. I've never had yeah. one that, you know, a goblin or something where it was mm-hmm. on the secondary shaft or like this one through the gearbox. So mm-hmm. yep. it, it was, it's different. And yeah, stupid me was putting it in there and not like checking it really at the time. Right. I would just stick it in like there. Right I was like, okay, that's mm-hmm. fine. And I'd, you know, gotta be, be doing something else and then go to right. spin it and be like, son of a bitch, it's backwards. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, if you're like me and you're new to goblins, be aware the pulley turns opposite. I use the rigid mount for the fly barless unit mm-hmm. and I made my own antenna holder mount that goes on the boom. Mm-hmm. I don't really like the one that sticks out the top of the canopy. I don't yeah. think it looks kind of silly. Yeah. Um, now that being said, I don't really like attaching and the attaching and I don't really like attaching <laughs> the antennas to the boom in crashes. Mm-hmm. Sure. But I just whipped up the thing and with the 3D printer that fit that 35 millimeter boom and just left mm-hmm. the the holes really big so the antenna wires could pull yeah, out super through, easy. Right? Yeah. yeah, 
exactly. And as big as this boom is, I'm not really sure how it's going to fail. Like, I don't, mm-hmm. I don't really see it doing the scorpion tail, like all the way around to break your antenna wires. I could be wrong, but it's pretty freaking st- beefy. Yeah. Like, I see it maybe getting bent or dented or something, but mm-hmm. I don't know. It'd take a lot maybe of force to, to, yeah, to like bend it all the way around. Yeah, like scorpion tail, like yeah, you're saying. Yeah, that's exactly. got to be infinite tail slide into the ground. Yeah, <laughs> yeah into concrete. Like, yeah, into concrete, right? <laughs> I think if you tail slid in the ground, it would just go in the ground about a foot <laughs> and be straight. Pose, right. Yeah. <laughs> Or uh, knowing somebody's luck, you know, it could be a chain link uh, fence post. Yeah. I originally put the receiver, I, I used the JD receiver. I originally attached it to the inside of the lower frame because I thought that would be a good spot to put it. And then I realized that the batteries Battery? were going to interfere. <laughs> I didn't really think about the batteries being that far back. Yeah. And there was room for it. But any thicker battery, it wouldn't work. So I ended up using mm. the, they give you a mount. The additional that, mount. Uh, yeah. yeah, attaches below your fly barless tray. Mm. And I just stuck it on there. And it's actually worked out really well. It's hidden under the canopy and stuff and actually looks cleaner than the way I was going to do it. Nice. So the setup. Uh, yeah. The equipment I used, I used a Hobbywing 130 high voltage mm-hmm. ESC. Got an X Nova 4525 530 KV motor. I went with the MKS HBL 550. That's the X5 cyclic servos. I'm super happy with these things so far. For a hundred bucks, they're actually really nice. I want to try set out. I've heard some guys talk about them, and so far, so good. Nice. Got the Expert R2T for the tail. Uh, currently, I have an Icon 2 fly barless with the Jetty receiver and the R2 prototyping buffer unit for the backup. And I'm running the stock 21 tooth pinion or pulley, uh-huh. uh, which gives it a 10 to 1 ratio and the stock pulley on the tail, which is a 4.9 to 1. Nice. I'm using 10 to 1, man. Such a good number. Yeah. 10.1 to 1. Mm-hmm. The let's see, I'm using the Hobbywing Gov, and I right now I've got uh, four head speeds, four flight modes set up. Got like a 1520, or well, I think it's about 1500 now. I adjusted some stuff. I've got mm-hmm. a around an 1800 and about a 1950, 1980, and then a 2100. Nice. Um, running Cyclone 715 main blades with 115 on the tail switch, 115s. Mm-hmm. So the weights, everybody's asking me about the weight. Uh, that airframe with that equipment, with everything but the batteries in the tray, I got 8.3 pounds. Or 3.765 kilos. Now, with my Genzase 12S 5060C battery and the tray, I'm at 11.74 pounds. 5.325 kilos. So, Mm. that's a little bit heavier than my Spectre with the canopy and the same equipment. The only difference is the cyclic servos 
and I weighed them. They're only a couple grams each. So, you know, less than half an ounce difference. The MKS R heavier. These, the Spectre has the R2 experts. And weighing them side by side, the experts weigh about two grams each less. So that's almost nothing really. So I'm coming up with about 109 grams difference. Right around okay, three yeah, ounces. Not much. No, no, not much. And we'll talk about this a lot more when we do our battery thing, but battery weight matters tremendously. Yeah, big time. Mm-hmm. With uh, From my lightest pack to my heaviest pack that I'm using on here is a swing from 11.96 pounds to 11.58 pounds. That's six ounce difference in just the packs mm-hmm. or 170 right. grams. So if you're trying to get a lightweight setup or something, definitely look at your batteries because they make probably a bigger difference than anything. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, a lot of people have been asking me about the difference between the Spectre and, and this one. It's light-ish, but not, I wouldn't consider it a very lightweight helicopter. You know, it's kind of an average you know, you're going to be somewhere uh-huh. in that 11 and a half to 12 and a half, depending on your equipment. You know, if you go with a 200 amp ESC and a bigger motor and stuff, I'd say it's going to be hard to break 12 pounds, honestly. Hey, Andy, did you do anything different with the pinions or is it everything stock on this one? No, no. The stock 21 works for me. Um, I'm able to get like. Uh, 85% throttle puts me right at 2100, which is a little higher than I normally would fly, but you know, it's close enough. You know, I think I'm at like 80, uh, I'd have to remember somewhere right around 80, 81 throttle gets me that 2000, probably like 78 gets me down in that like 1980, 1960 range, which is about perfect. So I just wanted to run the stock and have that wide or mm-hmm. be able to go up to 2100. Yeah. Um, I'll go ahead and, and tell you that one of the best things about this is the gearing options. You have mm-hmm. from 18 tooth all the way up to 25 tooth, which gives wow. you 11.8 to one all the way to 8.4 to one. And if you remember our gearing episode, getting that gearing in the right ballpark right. is very important. So you have you have one, two, three, four, five, six, you have eight different pinions available for this helicopter, which wow. is fantastic. Yeah, that's oh, amazing. Yeah, that was one of my biggest gripes about the Spectre is you, I couldn't get it geared low enough to work with this 530 kV motor. This uh-huh. one I could even go. Let's see, I'm using the 21. I've got three lower options to go. Right. So it's it's fantastic as far as that goes. Also mm-hmm. has I think two or three different tail pulley options that you can play around yeah. with that. The stock is four point nine. I think you can go five point oh and five point one, if I'm not mistaken. But you didn't have to order anything after you ordered the kit, right? You used everything that was in the kit. Uh, yes. No, no, I didn't order anything. I'm running stock pulleys on both or stock pinion, stock, 
uh, tail pulley. Tail ratios okay. are 5.1 or 5.0 to 4.8 with the stock being 4.9. So you got a 4.8, okay. 4.9 or 5.0, which uh-huh. hardly seems like is enough to make much of a difference really for the tail. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're in a lower head speed range, you might want that. I don't know. Yeah, but a point like 4.9 to 5.0 is not going to be a huge difference, really. Right. So. Okay. Any questions on setup? No. No, not that I could think of. You wondering why I have four head speeds? I just figured that was a jetty thing. Well, good icon thing, but I'm more curious about the 1520 it's and how that feels. Really, a JD thing. Yeah. Yeah, you can. I could put as many as I want. That that's the thing. The icon J. Your banks are separate than your your flight mode deals. You know what well, I mean? Well, aren't you special? I'm very special in so many you different are. ways. <laughs> I had my normal like 1750, uh, 1850, 1950 set up. And I kept mm-hmm. bumping up the head speed because it really likes that 2000. I've been even flying it some at 2100, which is crazy for me. But then when I flew it all the way down at 1500 and it flew so damn well, I was like, son of a bitch, I want a bank just for that. Just for mm-hmm. like tooling around super low head speed. Nice. Yeah. 1500? Yep. 1500. 1520. Yeah. Yep. I think my middle bank is uh, that 15 or 14, it's around there, 1450. I think I went as low as 1400 and it flew fine. But, you know, it's, you're getting down pretty low where you don't, (laughs) if you screw up, you don't have a lot to to bail you out. Yeah. You know, it's Mm -hmm. like full pitch and it just starts moving. Like if you have to stop it, you better you plan that. ahead. Yeah, you better I plan actually ahead. Did, I flew this weekend. Uh, one of the flights I started out in that, I think it's 1450 or it's right around there, 14 to 1500 somewhere. And uh, I was doing TikToks. It wasn't easy, but I was doing them like I've done pyro flips and just flipped it over in that. But I just kind of just yeah. started doing my regular shit with that. I don't think I did funnels. Yeah, I've done... I mean, I'm really amazed at how well everything works at 1500. Like, there's not much that I can't do. Like, stops are obviously much softer. Right. But pyro flips, TikToks, you know, slower TikToks, funnels, mm-hmm. circuits, anything you do, it, it works. It's amazing that the tail even holds it. Oh, the tails. You know? Yeah. We'll get into that. It's great. The tail's fantastic. Okay. Well, let's jump into that. The first flight. Yeah. Spooled it up. Required almost zero tuning on the cyclic. Like wow. Stock settings on the Icon were damn near perfect. I did end up adjusting the, the D gain just a little bit on the cyclic to get out some, like, uh, it's this tiniest little bobble, like on a few... Do really, really sloppy TikToks. Get a little bit of shake when you go from that negative to positive transition. But only if you're super sloppy with them. A little bit of degain adjustment and it's basically got rid of. But I was 
impressed with how well it flew with the stock settings. Like no bobbles, no wobbles, just very stable, very smooth. Cool. I used the the stock tail blades, the 105s, for a couple flights. They hold perfectly fine at the lower head speeds. They're not as good on quick transition-y things, you know, like pitch pumps and stuff. I stuck the 115s on there just to see mm-hmm. and a noticeable improvement. So I left them on uh, for the low head speed stuff. If you're flying super high head speeds, then I would think 105s would probably be better just because if you're going to spin it super fast. Mm-hmm. That said, I've not found any negative tendencies with the 115s all the way up to 2100. I've not tried anything over that, but... At 2100, it's fine. I didn't detect any vibrations or anything weird. They sound crazy, like when you put in a funnel or something. Um, And I don't know if the SAB tail blades are like the greatest blades or not anyway. So a good 105 might be fine. And if you're running standard head speeds, a 105 is probably fine either, either way. But I think yeah. the 115s are better if you're going to dip down in, you know, below 1,800 per se. Um, tail yes. gain also ended up being very low compared to my other helis. Mm-hmm. Um, but this high tail ratio, 4.9 to 1, is freaking amazing. It's not freaking amazing. It's fucking fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Yeah. It's it's just great. I don't know why any heli. I mean, I've always said it. it, it they need to be at least four point five, you know, four point three at the minimum. But you yeah. can really tell a difference in this this four point nine. Like even at fifteen hundred, I can't get it to blow out whatsoever. Like doing anything, uh, and I'm running one fifth uh, seven fifteen cyclone blades, which. You know, they bite pretty good. Yep. Uh, doing like a right aileron power roll loopy kind of a thing. Solid as rock. Funnels, hurricanes, everything solid as rock. Even with that lower tail gain. I just kept doing over speeds and lowering the gain till I didn't get a wag with like a wicked overspeed or maybe just the okay. tiniest little bit, like with a, a really, really, end. really hard overspeed, but mm-hmm. typical over overspeed or flying any kind of wind. I, I don't have any kind of fast tail wag whatsoever and it still holds fine. So I'm happy with that. Nice. Yeah. The heli is a lot quieter and smoother than I was expecting. Isn't it? I really thought with this this uh, this gearbox drivetrain mm-hmm. transmission setup, it would be a lot more noisy and just yeah, I don't more know. mechanically, yeah, sounding, right? more gear noise and stuff. Right, right. But mm-hmm. it's like very gearbox. very smooth. I was very impressed. It's it's very yeah. very quiet. And the thing is, it's, it's interesting because I had the Kraken, which had the straight cut gears, and then the 580s, which have the, you know, the slant gears. Mm-hmm. I didn't notice the difference there as much as I noticed with the RAW. Right. When I first took the RAW, I was like, whoa, whoa, this is way quieter than any other goblin. Yeah, like, it could have a lot to do with the, the megaphone boom 
amplifying mm. that noise on the regular Kraken. Yeah. Mm, it could be. Because um, I was impressed how quiet it is. Yeah. Like, especially with these cyclones, because they make like a wispy kind of a noise. And you can hear the blades much louder yeah. than anything else on the helicopter. Yeah. Especially at 2100. Holy crap. Was, <laughs> yeah. The blades just bark. <laughs> yeah. Any yeah, yeah they're there, barky. Bark, bark, bark. But I the mean, cool like, thing is at like 1500 or 1700, mm-hmm. you can, these cyclones, I don't know if you're like, I've ever flown them enough to really know, but they make, it's not really a whistle. It's more of like a wispy sound. And uh, it's so freaking cool at low head speed. You just hear that. Yeah, I don't know. I think when I used to fly cyclones, I never flew low head speed. I think that was when I was back in my 100% days. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, flies amazingly well at the low head speeds. No bobbles or anything from 1400 to 2100. Like I tried a bunch of different head speeds and I didn't find any range that it give any negative tendencies you know how some some different helis will will have you know they'll be perfect at 1900 and perfect at 1700 but maybe like you know 1780 or something you'll get a little bit of shake or something harmonics or something yeah 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 yeah, exactly i didn't have Mm -hmm. any of that uh i mean i didn't put it on a dial and like try every speed, but I probably mm-hmm. played around with it and tried half a dozen different head speeds and, you know, 1400, 1500, 16, 17, 18, 19. Right. I mean, they all just, everything was fine. Mm-hmm. No negative tendencies whatsoever. Nice. All right. All right. I'll see you Lots of drag in the drivetrain and which I kind of expected that. Yeah, double belt system. Well, don't, yeah, I don't think it's the belt so much as the the tail drive is is you're 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 running through the gearbox to drive the tail. Mm-hmm. So you're you're getting a lot of drag there with the with the recommended tail belt tension. The auto performance was was pretty bad. Like it's it's a lot of drag. It's definitely noticeable. Like compared to other helis. Mm-hmm. So with that, I started playing around with, with tail belt tensions and motor belt tension. I actually decided my motor belt was okay. It wasn't super duper tight. Okay. So I left it the way it is. Mm-hmm. But I kept loosening the tail belt. And I've got it fairly loose now. Like... um. I mean, I don't know how to explain exactly, but you know how you have that indicator on the side of the frame? Yeah, mine, it should be flush. Yeah, mm-hmm. mine's sticking out, I don't know, one and a half millimeters, you know, somewhere around there. Okay. Maybe 15, 20 thousandths, which is actually a lot on the pulley. You know, yeah. it's it's the, the pulley's pushing the belt in probably three-eighths of an inch, between a quarter and a three-eighths. Yeah, and that that indicator's on it's pivoting. So right. even though it's only sticking out a that's little bit, that's what I'm saying. That, the arm on the other side, yeah, is it's like a leverage type swinging. thing. So the yeah. while the thing's mm-hmm. only sticking out a little bit, the 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 tensioner is yeah, the tensioner a good guide quarter is, inch in more than with the stock tension. 
right. basically where the belt is just barely touching the the other idler before it goes into the boom. Okay. Like just barely touching it. Mm-hmm. Now, once I finally got to that point, the drag was reduced dramatically. Like, like you can, it's a measurable difference in how long the blades take to spool down. Like, nice. Um, so it made the autos way, way better, mm-hmm. but it did reduce the tail performance some, but it's only noticeable in quick pitch changes, like okay. from zero pitch to full pitch, like immediately or a pitch pump type situation. I am getting maybe an inch of tail kick in that. What about, what about collective stops? Do you see it there? Mm, uh, not much. Yeah, maybe a little bit. Okay. I don't do a lot of collective stops, so I didn't really think to check that specifically. I will say in my TikToks, like a normal good timing TikTok, I don't mm-hmm. get any kick. Okay. So, but it's, you know, a, like a, a quick jab will cause the tail to kick out an inch, but it immediately comes back. So right. maybe could tune that out a little bit. To be honest, I decided it wasn't like bad enough. It it wasn't enough to really matter or affect anything yeah. because I don't do like super fast pop and lock like type stuff, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once the tail's loaded, any kind of well, any maneuver it's I mean, it's solid as rock, you know, yeah. a funnel or a hurricane or anything like that. It's just if you go, like if you are full negative and you go full positive, like immediately, like if you use the collective as a switch instead of a stick, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you, you can see it. But I haven't detected any kind of belt slap or any. Yeah, that's going to be my next kind, question. Do you hear anything? I don't hear anything. That's good. So other than seeing it move in a very, very fast pitch change, it's it's fine. If you fly, you know, pop and lock type stuff, you probably want it a little bit tighter. But for my smooth type style, it's it's perfectly fine. Sweet. Andy's right. smooth 3D. Yeah. Smooth, smooth attempt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Awesome. All right. Um, is that for the... Is that it for the first flight, your initial feel? Yeah, and I mean, that covers several flights, but yes. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, other than the drag, which like uh, loosening the belt made a big difference in that, I don't really see any negatives the way it flies. I gotta I mean, try it, that. It's, it's yeah, I gotta try that with the belt. smooth, it's locked in, it just it does mm-hmm. everything you tell it to and nothing you don't. I mean, I don't really yeah. know what else to say. It, it flies really good. Nice. All right. Hopefully you didn't crash it, did you? No, no crashes yet. Okay. Um, I mean, I didn't try really hard to crash it. <laughs> That's good. I had a few mishaps, where, but I saved it. Okay. So okay. I can't really report on the crash. I will say my opinion, I don't think it'll be super cheap to crash. Mm-hmm. Cheaper than a well, cr- Kraken? Yes. Maybe. Uh-huh. Yeah. Maybe though. There's a caveat so. to this. Maybe. 
-hmm. Not necessarily always. The, I mean, it all depends on the crash, obviously. It does, right? Mm -hmm. You know, the boom is less expensive, but chances are, I mean, you don't always break a goblin boom. You know, sometimes the bolts shear and get -hmm. away with a scratch. So, you know, you can't say that you always have to buy a boom and a canopy. This Mm -hmm. one you're going to... Depends on the pilot. Well, yeah. This one you're always going to buy a boom and a canopy, probably. Mm -hmm. And I, I... so maybe, <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if yeah, it's going to be super gonna cheap buy to one. crash. We'll revisit maybe. this in a year or so and see what happens. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I, I'm going to delve into this whole canopy deal here in a minute. In fact, I think that's a good idea that we should all do if we ever do a review for a helicopter. If we don't crash it, I think like the Oxy-5 review that Kevin did, I think he needs to revisit that portion of that review. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now that After he rebuilds it, see, tell us what broke, how bad it was, yes. what yeah. it cost. Go back to the original doc, lock, you know, put all yep. that information I in agree. as like an update. That's a, that that's a cool. good idea. Cool. So then later on, we can review the review. Yes. Yep. Yep. And append the review. And as soon as I crash this, I will be sure to let you guys know. We should just have Eric Shue on the show. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I see a lot of things that will probably be damaged in a crash. Yeah. But either crash is different. So it's kind of a hard thing to put a metric on because, you know, you can crash and not break the boom or not break mm-hmm. the canopy and only, you know, break a couple things or you can yeah. plow it in and break everything. It's, it's so hard to, to say. Yep. All right. All right. So what are your, uh, your pros, your like high tail ratio? Like. Hell yeah. The tail really really is amazing. Even with a looser belt, it's it's fantastic. That surprised me. That Probably really surprised the best me. tail of any heli I own. Oh wow. Wow. Yeah. Close second probably being the Protos. It's pretty damn good too. The 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 Spectre holds well, but you have to run a fairly tightish belt because it has a tiny ass pulleys in the back. If you yep. loosen it too much, it, it, it'll it slip, slip on you. Skip a cog? Yeah. Well, not really skip a cog. It just doesn't. Eh, it's It's got a good ratio. It's it's not bad. I'm not saying it's bad at all, but this one's better. Mm-hmm. Lots of gearing options. I'm, I'm a really big fan of that. So you can use different mm-hmm. motors or, you know, if you already have a Rise motor. Gears. <laughs> what's that? It grinds your gears. Yeah. <laughs> Keeps you gearing. <laughs> Keeps you going. Yep. Lots of yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of pinion options is a really big plus for me. Yeah. I don't see why more companies don't do this. I feel like what's, I mean, is it motor movement? Like you don't have enough to fit the bigger um, pinions? I don't know. Yeah. What's this, with the case with the Spectre, because it has a small ass main gear. You're mm-hmm. limited in how small you can go, right? I mean, they can they go the, it goes high plenty to run yeah, like right. wicked head speeds with the average yeah, motor, 3, but you can't get low <laughs> enough. I think the smallest sure. pinion is like a ten or something. Okay. Um, this one with having the two stage, it opens yeah, it that helps. up that you can use a bigger pulley on your motor and have more different oh. options as well. So I mean, that's yeah. a big advantage to the two stage. 
But it's the big disadvantage being the extra drag. So, you know, it's for sure. There's always give and take with yeah, with anything. Yep. Sweet. Uh, All right. Another thing that's very important to me, but actually really doesn't mean anything to the to way a model it flies means a or lot. handles. Come on. No, no, no. It has nothing to do with the model flying <laughs> or anything, but on the table, on the bench, this matters. It stands on the skids without the batteries and the blades folded back. Now, I know that sounds stupid, but it's a very, very, like when they do that, which this one happens to. It makes me very, very happy. Consist just on the table, even with the blades folded back and no battery, and it's stable. It sits here. Yeah. Can't do that. All right, with a I was with you up until you said that, dude. Now I'm not with you anymore. You like for it to fall off the table when you set it down? It's just not that big of a deal. It's not a deal breaker. It's I mean, not, I, know it's I not just said it's not a deal you. breaker, but it it's but it gives you a important. warm, tingly feeling. Mm. Yes. Sure does. It does do that. <laughs> it warms the cockles of my heart. All right. Okay. This is why we fly goblins. This was one of my... I didn't really do this. This is why we fly goblins? Because it won't fall off the table. I wouldn't go that far. But. <laughs> okay. I mean, honestly, I didn't do the review on the Oxy-5, but if I did, I'd say the fucking skids are too far forward. Oh. It will not set on the skids without a battery. See, that's something I didn't even notice. Well, I'm just set it on the table without the tail. The yeah, set it on the table without, you know, with the boom hanging over the side and it'll fall off. I don't like that. The the And actually, it does affect flying somewhat because with the Oxy-5, the rear skid is too close to the main shaft. So not only does it not set stable with the blades folded back or a battery not in it, when you come in for sliding autos and stuff, it's more apt to drop the tail, hit the tail on the ground. You have to. I see what you mean. It's not as stable in okay. the forward to back moment. By like, I'm sitting here looking at it now. Now, caveat, I did turn my skids backwards from the way the manual. Mine angle back. I just think, you know, I like it to be more functional. I actually don't think it looks bad that way either. I think the manual has you angle them forwards. But with them angled back, the main shaft is setting pretty close to center between the two skids. I mean, between the, I call yeah, it, the not the pipes, yeah. but the, the arms. The skids, yeah. Which makes it very stable, like coming in for sliding or something. It, it, set, it balances well between those two skids. Sounds like we need a sliding auto contest next time. Uh... Kevin and Andy meet up. Hmm. Yeah, I use six ninety. No, Dude, no, no, Oxy five. He's good. Yeah, but I still have the stock skids. Even the I have the stock stock skids, like the original skids. <laughs> the ones. Yeah, you try to slide with those. It'd be like putting the brakes on. Yeah, <laughs> that they're like for ice skating. Those skids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they're like carbon fiber all the way down. Mm. Oh yeah, those don't do well. No, no, they suck. I didn't even put those on mine. I went straight to the plastic. I said, well, when I break them, I'll change them. And I ordered a set of plastic. They're never going to break. You plowed it in and didn't even break them. Right. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. um, Another positive is it flies really, really good at all head speeds. 
Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't find a bad head speed. It's quiet and smooth, which was a bit of a surprise to me, but I'm happy about that. It's very easy yep. to build. Like uh-huh. I said before, you'd have to really try hard to screw it up. Like I, I yeah. can see why. Let's see. How do I word this without offending everyone? I can see how people with less mechanical ability can build a goblin and be successful with it. Mm-hmm. That's how's why that, also how's they that say, sound? <laughs> yeah. That was pretty good. I'm offended, politically Andy. correct, I guess. Um, God, when did you start caring about people's feelings? What the yeah. hell? <laughs> always. I, I leave the show for two weeks and now I Andy know. cares. I know. Who cares? I've always cared. Hashtag Andy Just cares. not about your feelings. Exactly. <laughs> um, I mean, and I think that's part of the the whole reason why people are like, yeah, you basically unbox the goblin and put the stuff together because it's so easy. Because they line everything up, they give you every screw for every bag, and you know, like it's all set up to be easy and to be uh, a quick build. Yeah. And I think the parse counts isn't that bad either. It's pretty. No, it's fairly low. Um, yeah. I could take or leave the bag thing. Honestly, I spent more time looking for the stupid bag that I needed <laughs> instead of it just being all in one and dumping it on the table. But yeah. that's just me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can look at a screw and tell if it's a six, eight, or ten millimeter long. You know, I don't have to really measure it. I just from being around them that long. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big deal for me, but I do realize how beneficial that could be for lots and lots of people. You know, having the the bag number in the manual, you know, get this bag and, you know, for this, whatever, you know, it makes it makes it easier. It's simple to follow if you don't have a lot of build experience or if you're maybe not as mechanically inclined, you can still be successful with this. Uh-huh. The tail belt tensioner. Uh, yes. That it's actually got a usable, useful tensioner. Mm-hmm. If it didn't have the tensioner, I wouldn't be able to loosen the belt and get rid of that drag. I mean, you could you, you could do some, but there'd be a limit. Like right. even with the tensioner, that little kick I'm getting is from the slack, taking up the slack in the belt and stuff. Mm-hmm. But it keeps it from slapping or doing anything crazy. So I'm a big fan of that. Plenty of room in the front for your battery wires and your batteries. It always sucks when it's tight and you have to shift your batteries forward to get your CG and then it's hard to get the canopy on and all that crap. Yeah, shove all the wires in. Yeah, so they left room in the front for that, which is good. Uh, The canopy won't blow off the table. (laughs) (laughs) Unless your whole heli goes with it. (laughs) Yeah. No boom supports, which is obviously good. The boom is big and beefy. Fan of the boom mm-hmm. fits three seven hundred and thirty millimeter blades. This is another wow. big, big one. I like big blades. Always have. And I cannot lie. I, yeah, I was, about, <laughs> I was just about to say that. <laughs> I mean, I like to run seven twenty range. You know, seven seventeen, seven sixteen, seven twenties, whatever. I just prefer the the lighter disc loading, and the bigger the blade is, the better it autos. I mean, that's just physics. So mm-hmm. I like that you can run seven twenties on here with one fifteen tail blades and still have plenty of room. 
that's that's good. I don't know why any 700 would make that not the case. You know, they can add five millimeters to the boom and run a bigger blade, but yep. So that's important. The tail belt tension tool that goes on that clamps to the boom that you can use to tension the belt. Mm-hmm. It's a good addition. I don't think it's really needed, but I see how it could be very useful for folks with disabilities or, you know, a hand issue or something where they don't have a good grip. So it makes it easier. So that's that's a good addition. Okay. The boom is easy to remove, which would be important if you travel or something. Mm-hmm. The loosen the two screws, slide it in, it flips off the pulley, and take your tail control rod undone is all you got to do. You know, and just pull yep. the boom out. So it's very simple to take the boom off. Not something that I really do or need, but I just noticed that as I was building it. Be very easy to take that off and, you know, remove the skids and put it in a case or something. Yep. Cool. All right. Let's go into your cons and your dislikes. All right. I don't like the canopy. What? You don't like the banana hammock? No, not really. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, the look's fine. But looks the least important part to me of a helicopter, to be honest. I'm very much a function over form kind of guy. I know some people would disagree and think looks are the most important for me. Meh. So you're flying a goblin logo. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's I'm fine with that. It looks it looks fine. It looks cool. I just don't like the function of it so much. Sure. The flyboarders unit's hard to get to which won't matter for nine, 80% of us. But if you mm-hmm. do have to get to it to program it, you're going to have to take the screws out and move it out of the way. You know, mm-hmm. if you're flying a B-Stex or an older Futaba, you know, a 750 or anything mm-hmm. that you got to access it to, right. that's kind of annoying. It's less visible than a traditional canopy and much less visible than a, a regular goblin. Uh-huh. And it looks like it will probably be destroyed in most crashes because there's just not a lot to it. Uh-huh. I can't see it surviving many crashes, to be honest. And for me, it doesn't seem like it really saves any time. Now, I realize this is just me, and I'm sure there's be a lot of people that would absolutely love this, assuming they always fly with the canopy. Uh-huh. Being able to drop the door and take the batteries in and out. Yeah. For me, um, I found I was fiddling with the wires to keep them out of the door and doing this and doing that more than just sticking on the canopy, assuming it's a really well-fitting one. Mm -hmm. I've had some that were a pain in the ass, but I've had some that were super-duper easy. This would fall somewhere in between for me. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'll get more into this canopy deal in a minute. The ESC mount, uh, it works fine, but it's just kind of flopping out in thin air. I don't particularly like the way they did that. I would have rather seen uh, additional support or something come from the bottom of that frame up to support that somehow or another. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure they've tested it and it's sturdy enough. but. It just 
It kind of looks weird. For what? For a crash or like just for flights? I guess for, you know, if you put, I seem like if you put a heavy ESC out there, you're just asking for vibrations and stuff. The way that thing's setting out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like if you put a Contronic Cosmic on there and had any kind of vibration, it's going to be amplified. You know, maybe the plastic will hold up. Maybe it'll fatigue over time. I don't know. The way that they molded that front thing, you know, not the carbon fiber plate that kind of bolts onto the plastic thing. The plastic thing is very like intricately molded. Like you know, it is definitely going to break. I think if he crashes, if he nose in for sure, I'll take your ESC out with you. But yeah, that's that's um, that's another vibrations. I'm never actually worried about. Yeah, I can say it's probably fine. Just looking at it, it it looks like your ESC is very exposed to harm. That for sure, yeah. Um, and you don't really, well, I'll get more into the canopy part. The canopy does protect this. Um, the tail servo mount, mm-hmm. your tail servo is sticking out. And I feel like if you crash on that side, you're probably going to bend that or maybe even damage your servo. So I'm not a super big fan of that. I really don't like the way the pitch arms attach to the grips. You've got one screw and you got an 11 and a half millimeter radius and that fairly large radius for the size of the part bolting to it is the only thing that actually keys that pitch arm. Yeah. So I really feel like it needed two screws or a pin or something to provide a more solid thing to keep that that arm from moving. I could see instances where that would get tweaked in a crash and it could mm-hmm. strip the threads out of the aluminum grip or, you know, tweak the I mean the arm's probably something you're going to damage and replace in a crash every time. But if yeah. it t- t- torques it just right and strips your threads out of your grip, now you're replacing a grip. It just doesn't seem like a great system to me. I have a feeling that metal is softer than the rest on purpose, you know, to bend. Right. In a crash. Well, it probably is and it should, but I would rather have two screws there. More, a more substantial thing to keep that, that the, the part that's attached to the grip from bending. So the outside arm could bend. Because, you know, say you put it on there and somebody doesn't tighten the screw hardly enough or something. Yeah, if it gets Loctite or something. I mean, it would take it would take almost nothing for that thing to be able to start moving five degrees up and down. You know, if the screw backed out just the tiniest little bit, just a few thousands, it's going to introduce a lot of air into that arm because it doesn't have... You know, you're 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 basically have the radius of the grip is the only thing that that keys it keeps it straight. So, am I making sense, or is it, is it confusing? I mean, I understand what you're saying, but I'm trying to picture like I know what it looks like. So, is there a little key in there? Does that no? There's piece? nothing. There's nothing in there. No. It's like a half moon kind of deal. So like it- you have the radius of the grip, so it's round, mm-hmm. right? Right. The pitch arm is radius as a concave part that fits right. the round of the grip. And then you have one screw. Oh, wow. 
So there's no yeah. there's no oh, key, it, there's no extra screw, there's nothing to hold it straight other than tension of the screw and that fairly large radius. Yeah. They had to have tested that to make sure that wasn't going to come out. I mean, if, yeah, I mean, does it say well, head on the track? So it's testing. Yeah, it's there's plenty of them out there, and I'm it's yeah. probably not an issue. I'm just mm-hmm. looking at it and seeing that a, a failure point. Could. It could I'm, be. I'm if, with you, you know, though, Andy. If I saw right. that, I would yeah. think the same thing. All right. Mm-hmm. I, I would be like, wow, this is all that. There's nothing that holds it in there, especially after I've seen the other models where it's got the, you know, the oblong key and right. the other side mm-hmm. keys in. Exactly. Yep. And I'm thinking like in a crash, if you hit that just right, you, you're, you are, you're going to be applying a lot of force to the, the threads in that, in the aluminum grip itself. You know, that you could pull the, you could uh, stress the threads, you know, the internal female threads that the bolt screws mm-hmm. into, and then you're going to have to buy a grip. Or maybe oh, you don't I realize didn't... it and you try to tighten it down, then you strip it out or, or something. Yeah. I thought it bolted in the other way through the. No, no, no. These bolts from the outside in now. Yeah. And oh, thank, thank goodness the... because it, having yeah. to take the grip off is a shitty oh. system yeah, too. That, yeah. 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 Trust me, I had to do that recently. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and it's but so it's like, that's eh, an improvement. Through everything, but mm-hmm. I would like yeah. to see two screws in it, or a pin, or a key, or something. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to get into like engineering physics, but I would think that there's definitely got to be some kind of pressure on a radius like that that actually helps. Yeah. You know, the tension and plus Loctite. You know, I, I would say it it holds it. You know, it's under under load. Yeah, more with or the, less. With the know? screw properly tensioned, I don't see it being any problem. Other than, like I said, if you crash, you could have a problem, or if your screw backs out a quarter of a turn, you're going to have a problem. Well, you'll you'll know it. You should. Yeah, your blades will be out of lens. track. Yeah, yeah. tracking I mean, will be horrific. <laughs> it's going to sound terrible, and yeah, yeah, yeah. I've flown a, a Oxy three like that. Yeah, sounds like it's pushing a lot of air. Yeah. And you need to land. So I'm I'm nitpicking, obviously, but that's what I'm here to do. It's probably mm-hmm. not a problem. I just would prefer two bolts or something else to key it. Uh, another possible thing is the the clamping area for the boom is very small. So you tension the belt by pulling the boom out and tightening two clamps. Mm-hmm. And there are... I don't know what quarter inch thick or something. Uh, now the big 35 millimeter boom gives you a lot more surface area than like an older type model with a small boom. But still yeah. I could see if somebody doesn't tighten those clamps down enough that the boom could possibly slide in and you would lose your tail belt tension, possibly lose your tail. Mm-hmm. Now, they did, thankfully, use a bolt and a nut yeah. instead of threading a bolt into the aluminum. So yeah. having a bolt and a nut, you can tighten it down much, much tighter without fear stripping the threads than if it was just threaded straight into aluminum. Yep. If it was threaded into the aluminum, I would... Oh. I would expect a lot of failures in this area. <laughs> I would affect, I would expect people to drill it out and put a longer bolt and nut. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would have been nice if they put some way you could pin the boom, you know, just a mm-hmm. threaded 
hole in one of those clamps that you could run a bolt into that would just bite into the boom. But then if you start changing the tension on your boom and stuff, that kind of doesn't work either. So we'll see. It's probably, probably fine. Uh, Another thing that I'm not fond of is we talked about the countersinking that holds Mm -hmm. the, I'm calling them blind nuts, but that's probably not exactly the right term, but you know what I'm speaking about. Yeah. They're like captured nuts. Yeah. Melts. Yes. Due to the countersinking, now you have a right and a left frame. Yep. They're not universal. So if I was doing it because just on this upper frame area, because the Mm -hmm. lower frame is spaced out, I would use pan head screws and do no countersinking. And yeah, both, that would work. both frames would be identical. That way, one set. Of, if you break one frame and you you just you can you just buy a set or buy one. Yeah, or you whatever, can buy right? a set mm-hmm. or whatever, and you know yeah. if you not a big deal, but kind of yeah, always and, sucks and makes, when they're identical except for that countersinking. Right. Yep, and um, to mention like you were just saying about the the button head screws which I mean these are 1.5 millimeter screws like yeah they're tiny. Just like, you know, they're like 1.5 mil and they're I don't know what are they four millimeters or something deep they're, they're tiny right you know so yeah you would be able to use just regular mm-hmm. button head screws and mm-hmm. you know yep, make work flat perfectly fine universal. and and you yeah. could probably still do that even yeah, though you're yeah. you're going the countersinking is going to be inside because those screws aren't really holding anything. Yeah. They're only holding that nut. uh, The uh, mount that holds a nut. Yeah. The mount thing in there with the nut. And once you tighten whatever else to that, it's not going anywhere anyway. So it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Uh, A couple tech tips. I would say put some kind of notches on your metal link that screws into your tail control rod. And use JB Weld. And then use uh, some type of epoxy, <laughs> the JB Weld or 30-minute two-part epoxy or something. I personally don't think CA glue is a good fit for that application. Mm-hmm. And I don't think your motor belt has to be super-duper tight. Like I, It doesn't really give you anything in the manual about the proper tension for the motor belt. I asked around, some were saying, you know, this or that, which was tighter than what I have it. Yeah, mine's way tighter than yours. Mm-hmm. I don't, haven't seen any problems with me running it a little bit looser. Now, if you've got a super big motor and a super high power setup, you know, possibly could be different. You know, I'm on fairly conservative size motor and stuff mm-hmm. for a 700. But I don't. I think the tighter you make it, the more drag you're going to cause on that one way and stuff. So just be aware of that. As far as mods, I installed the 26 millimeter pitch arms and moved the oh, ball yeah? in on the servo. Uh huh. And the geometry is better. The when I redid the setup, mm-hmm. I checked the cyclic throws. Let's see. Yeah. I forgot it wrote down. Yeah, I don't know where it is. But I checked them uh, before and then after, and they were very, very close to the same. I think I was like 10.1 and 9.9 or something like that. And in flight, I honestly couldn't tell much difference. Do you run Expo? Yes. 
I couldn't feel any difference. But that's me. I got those actually on order, so I'm curious if I'm not I got- a great pilot, so you know, don't listen to me. The cyclic throw is damn near identical. The geometry, especially from the swash up to the pitch arms, is better. Like it's mm-hmm. more vertical instead of going out so much. Yeah. So the geometry looks better. As far as the feel or the off center and any of that, I could tell no yeah. difference whatsoever. Wow. Yeah, that's just me. I don't know. You may do it and think it feels way better. I didn't really find a problem with it to start with. Though, yeah, with I the mean, 30 mils. Neither have I. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also run like 20, 25 points of expo because I don't like a right. super duper touchy off center anyway. So uh, not a big difference really for me. Yeah, that was my thing. I was always curious. I and mean, I never tried 26 on the Kraken or the Raw just because I run 30 on my Expo. So it's like, will I even notice the difference or would I end up dialing in more Expo? <laughs> you know? Well, it's the same. The throw's the same, though. Yeah. So I can't tell where it's different, really. I mean, maybe the, the first part of the throw's different. Like, I didn't really measure it or graph it or right, anything. The, you first- know, the first... 20 percent yeah you know or yeah the first half might be a different curve sure i don't know yeah but in flight you're saying you can't really notice i can tell but i'm also a shitty pilot so you know i don't know it could be it could be it could be something if you do pop and lock type stuff that you might tell, or if you like a fast off center feeling or something like that, maybe it makes a difference. I, I don't know. I didn't really have maybe, any. Could, I couldn't figure out. if you, uh, I was going to say, maybe if you grew up in the fly bar days. Yeah. And that's kind of how the hell he's felt like. Maybe. Pop and lock. Maybe. Electric boogaloo. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't know. I couldn't figure out a way to like measure it. Yeah. Any which way that wasn't just subjective, like it feels better. So I was just like, well, I don't know. I can't tell. The washers between the canopy and the frame at the rear screws, mm-hmm. it needs a spacer in there. Not a ton. Like I said, I use the stock washer flipped around. It works perfect. That's all the mods. All right. All right, so let's uh, let's hear your conclusion on this. All right. I realize I'm probably in the minority with this canopy thing, but I like to fly without a canopy 80% of the time for the main reason of not breaking it if I crash. You will never bust your canopy if it's sitting on the table when you crash. Unless, Unless it falls off. It. Unless it falls <laughs> yeah. off. But even At still, fa- falling, the ground. <laughs> falling off the table or right. hitting the ground at 100 miles an hour is probably going to yeah, be a significantly different damage amount. For sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so I fly without the canopy a lot, but then I like to stick the canopy on if the skies are dark and gray or if it's late in the evening or mm-hmm. if I'm at an event and I want it to look cool or something like that. But I usually don't do anything crazy or get super like I don't do anything. I I don't take chances with the canopy on, you know, I fly. I take chances without the canopy because when I crash, I mean, that's automatically $80. You don't got to spend. Mm-hmm. 
with this one, you're kind of stuck with it or without it. Yeah. And without it, I feel like your ESC is very exposed in the front. Oh, yeah. The canopy will definitely protect it somewhat. Possibly not enough if you nose in really hard. But it's going to absorb some energy when you hit something. Yep. The way it's made, I'm pretty sure it's going to get completely destroyed if you, you know, hit nose in. Because it's thin. Mm-hmm. There's there's not a lot there. It's probably going to break. Yep. So, I realize this is a kind of a weird thing for me. That's why I'm not super crazy about having it on there 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. And... So it's not something you can take on and off, you know, flight to flight on a whim. I mean, yes, it's only four screws, but you've got to take a blade off to get it off. So it's kind of, that's annoying. And I'm sure most people fly with the canopy, like the battery loading door. Like I said before, you can put the batteries in and out without having to take the canopy off. Mm -hmm. You have to be careful, though. I found it took as long to fiddle with that as just putting on a regular canopy, assuming the regular canopy fits well, like a Protos or the Oxy-5 or even the Spectre's pretty easy. Now, if you got to fiddle with the canopy like some other brands, you know, to get mm-hmm. those front things lined up and all that, then yes, mm-hmm. this is much, much, much better. For me, it's kind of six one half a dozen the other, honestly, because I kept finding the wires getting stuck in the battery or in the, stuck out the door, the balance tab mm-hmm. wants to get hung in it. You know, it's not a big deal, but it's not like you just click the battery in and take off. You still got to shut that door and fill around with it. And it's less visible. I would rank the visibility between a pod and boom with no canopy and a pod and boom with a large canopy, like say the Oxy-5 or the Spectre. It's definitely more visible, obviously, than a normal heli with no canopy. But you do have, I mean, you there's not a lot to look at, uh, especially in certain orientations with the battery doors black. Now, I did find out they do have a yellow and maybe a red. I think just a yellow, um, yellow right battery now, door. Coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, probably the others are coming. That would help tremendously. Because if you're in like coming at you inverted nose in, it's pretty much a silhouette at that point. Just like if you had no canopy, and from the side, you you obviously got the silhouette of the canopy, the the goblin logo and stuff. I have the stickers on mine, so it's more visible than without. But there's definitely less to look at than a traditional full canopy. And I would rank it way, way less than a traditional goblin because of the boom and the the canopy and stuff. Honestly, probably it's going to be about the same as flying a goblin without a canopy, like a traditional, like a kraken without a canopy. Because you have the boom to look at, but not the canopy. This one, you've got some canopy and the boom, some boom. I mean, yeah. The writing on the boom does help. It says SAB Heli mm-hmm. Division, and the boom's really large. And you got a sticker yeah. on the tail fin. Those all help. Mm-hmm. But it's still not as visible as a Kraken or a, <laughs> yeah. Y- yeah, yeah, a traditional goblin boom. Uh, they do have some colored booms out. I think that would help tremendously. I know they have yellow and 
I guess are all the colors coming, or do you I know? I think right now they only have the yellow sets. Yeah. So that's like in first batch, but I believe. So I mean, I mean that that would probably help. I mean, I think they're quite a bit more expensive though. So you know, I don't know if yeah, it's really worth it. It's like honestly. forty bucks, thirty-five bucks. Yeah, yeah, I don't know if it's worth it. It flies amazing, handles low head speeds much better than I anticipated. I really couldn't find a speed it didn't like, and the tail really shines at those low head speeds. I know I keep repeating myself, but the tail it's really, important. really, really, really does make this helicopter. Like, it's mm-hmm. fantastic. Uh, it's fast, but predictable. You know, do, doesn't do anything un- unexpected for me. Like, whatever you tell it to do, it does. Um, I would consider it a super lightweight heli at around 12 pounds, a little less. I wouldn't consider that heavy either, though. I think that's kind of a pretty good average. Yeah. And for I don't me, think it flies heavy at all. No, for me, that eleven and a half to twelve pound range is is ideal. Like you mm-hmm. can get lighter, but then you're giving up some stuff, and of course, heavier's good in certain situations too. So for me, I I really like around the twelve pound. You know, eleven and a half to twelve pound, which this fits perfectly in. Uh-huh. But yeah, it doesn't really fly heavy, so I mean, it's the weight's yeah. almost unnoticeable. Uh, the autos are pretty good with the loose belt. I'd uh-huh. say on par with the Spectre. So they're pretty good. They're not great. You know, there's definitely stuff that autos better, but it's it's pretty good. It's 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 doable. I talked about the tail performance being somewhat degraded with the loose belt already. For me, it's kind of not an issue if you're really picky about it and you fly a lot of pop and lock type 3D, you know, you probably want to run it tighter, I would think. Obviously, I'm happy with this heli. I enjoy flying it. Uh, Today, time of recording this review... I've had it for three weeks. Well, I've had it in the air three weeks exactly, and I have 60 flights on it so far. <laughs> wow. That's crazy. Yep. At the list price is $939, but that includes mains and tail blades. I feel like that's a pretty decent value. That's yeah. definitely right in the... Once you take the blades out, I mean, it's right in there with everything else. So it's, I would say it's overpriced or underpriced. It's pretty well dead on the money for the market right now. Uh, I don't think I would take as many chances with this because I don't feel like it will be as cheap to repair as a Spectre or a Protos, but I don't really know that right now. So, I, I mean, that's just my gut feeling. But I could be surprised. But I like it. Nice. One awesome. Th- one thing I didn't do that I probably should is tried the stock SAB 690 blades. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't do that because I wanted to keep them brand new so I could sell them. I mean, I <laughs> know that I wouldn't like them from experience mm-hmm. for a couple reasons. So I didn't even really bother. 
but it does come with 690s and the the 105 tail blades. Yep. Any questions? What did I miss? How high does it go? Farther than you can see. Oh, okay. Nice. Damn, it goes farther than 100 feet? Wow. Yep. <laughs> does it have a camera? Not currently. <laughs> I think you covered it pretty good, Dandy. Yeah. I think you really, really got in-depth on it and uh, put the, put a good review together. Yeah, I was trying. Yeah. I mean, I can't think of really anything else specifically to, to say about it. I mean, I like it. It flies great. You know, if is it for you? You have to look at pictures or look at somebody else's and make that determination. It looks a little different, but, you know, you either love it or hate it. Personally, I, I, I like the way it flies. I like it. I think it looks fine. Looks are one of the least important things to me, so I mm-hmm. might be the wrong person to ask about looks. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I mean, in the pictures, um, I, I did notice that you know it was kind of like, yeah, I'm not quite sure, but you know, after seeing one in person, I I do notice like what you know a lot of people you know that do like the looks of it, you know, they're you know it looks great. I mean, it's got a the pictures really don't do it as much justice, I don't think. But, I mean, it's different. Yeah. It's definitely different. Oh, I remember yeah. something I wanted to touch on. Mm-hmm. The pirouetting stuff, I don't have a traditional goblin, so I can't yeah. say. it. Mm-hmm. Maybe pirouettes better. The sideways flying and stuff, I would be hard-pressed to say it makes any freaking bit of difference one way or the other. I can't tell. I think that's marketing BS, personally. Piro rate, possibly, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, at the upper edge of performance. Mm -hmm. Funnels and stuff like that. I don't think there's enough aerodynamic advantage to the canopy not being there to make one bit of difference. I mean, it's not like it's open. You still got the frame and the motor and the servos and all that other shit and the batteries. Mm-hmm. So, somebody says it does Pyro's faster. I would think that's bullshit. Not Pyro's funnels or sideways flying. Mm-hmm. But that's just me. I could be wrong. Doesn't happen often, but it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> Piro performance though I could see how it would Piro better than a traditional goblin mm-hmm. yeah I can tell a difference to be honest you can tell a difference cannot oh yeah it's just my flying style is not that aggressive to know like yeah oh, I don't I don't, should have moved I don't think or 95% of people could tell a difference exactly yep alright anything else anything else for Andy Ah, uh, unless you guys got any questions, Kevin, got any questions? No, dude, my impression of, you know, your review and you having 60 flights on it, I know you wouldn't have put that many flights in if you didn't like it, uh-huh. uh, or you'd still be working on it to make it something you like. Right. So, right. No, nah, man, it flies awesome. great and it, it flew great. It flew great from the maiden. Like I said, I didn't really do any tuning Just stock great. icon settings. It's. Pretty well, great. Nice. 
Awesome. I think you put a good review together. Absolutely. All right. Thanks. Great job. Thank you. Okay. Um, do we have anything for the Planker segment? Yes. We have an email. Oh. oh. Is that a Planker segment, though? No, but it goes in this section because it's, 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 it's not an audio Planker, but it's definitely a, a Planker. And it's the best we got right now. Yeah. Yeah, he's just phoning it in at this point. Mm. So who yep. wants to read this? Uh, where is it? Let me see. I got to look oh, at here it. Here it is. Is he in free fall? So I, haven't, I haven't talked this much in the last two <clears throat> weeks combined. Oh, yeah. He wrote, he wrote quite a bit. God, what font type is he using? Got to, like, zoom in on this thing. <laughs> Not on me. I know, my screen looks pretty small. Uh, I could read it, though. Okay. Read it. All right. From Mike DeGeneres. I got one arm out of the restraints. Woohoo! It's the subject line. (laughs) He said, guys, at at last, I gained access to a computer and a keyboard. I got myself partially out of these these restaurants. <laughs> these, these restaurants. These restaurants, and I am typing typing one handed through a small opening in my enclosure. I think he meant to say restraints, but uh, yes. so the planker has been detained by white coated meanies at the psychiatric resort. <laughs> they call it a resort because it has a pool, but unfortunately, the pool's filled with foam pillows. Since a few of my roomies get angry if the water gets on them, you should see the <laughs> bi weekly shower fights. Uh, my showers <laughs> suck because they just roll me in a cage under the garden hose in the yard. <laughs> At least twice a month, I get to see the sky. <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, the involuntary vacation does have one good thing. The drugs. Damn. Some of these little blue pills make <laughs> make me taste music. And sometimes when they mix the yellow ones into the applesauce, I get to sing and dance with the talking squirrel, squirrels <laughs> that live in the closet. Oh my gosh, what's he writing here? Uh, let's see here. I have not been able to work on any Planker episodes since all the ideas come from the clown that lives under my bed and my bed is at home. I showed these jerks my it quotes no longer insane certificate but novelty t-shirts are not adequate proof. <laughs> <laughs> when I mentioned they should talk to the clown under my bed, they inserted more padding into my enclosure. So, until I can earn certain privileges, I cannot make any planker things. My first goal is to be uh, restrained only at night and nap time. Nap time, then to see sunlight through a window once a day, and hopefully someday get a quote no longer insane. <laughs> Unquote certificate. Uh, then I will be back making. Wait. Oh, man. The squirrels are here. Wow, this is good fucking applesauce. Plankety plank plank. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, my God. All right. Good yeah. job, Mike. I'm glad right. he's improving. I'm glad he's... Uh, yeah. I feel like we should have been playing hackety sacks under that or something. Yeah. You should get some music for it. 
you know, some like crazy music. All right. Let's move it on. Sure. All right. What do we got for news and announcements? What do we got for news and announcements? Too long. It's been too long. What do we got? We got a couple battery chargers. Mm. First one up is from Pulse. This is the Pulse Ultra PLC 200 Duo AC DC Smart Battery Charger. Okay. Features two independent shuttle key. What? Two independent shuttle key control the charger. Wireless (laughs) charging port support to charge at max 10 watt. That's That's the phone charger on top. Oh. So you can put your iPhone down oh, or your, your wireless, you know, yeah. Samsung phone. Okay. And charge your phone. All right. That's just something else. So That's specs. Yeah, so it's a little um, two-channel charger. And it's, it's AC-DC deal. So it's got, I guess, the power supply built in. Support external discharging, max 200 amps, 200 watts, excuse me, 15 amps. <laughs> 200 amps, wow. <laughs> Support power distribution, both AC and DC mode, PC control firmware, blah, blah, blah. It's HV, um, the high voltage LiPo compatible. Wait, wait, can we go back to the support external discharging? Does that mean you can Yeah, that doesn't mean battery? anything. That means you can do the... Uh, Regenerative or something like every other charger ever made does. External discharging. I think that's what so that you means. Can, you can like hook up a, a full pack and charge smaller packs with it. Right? Well, I don't know actually what that means. Most chargers you can hook up a resistive load somehow or another. And discharge packs through that, and they will control the discharge, but they won't. They won't internally discharge, but you know, like seventy, eighty, maybe hundred watts. But externally, you can do more. So we'd have oh, to yeah, look at the manual on this to exactly know what that means. Let me run through yeah. the specs real quick. Input voltage: yeah. hundred to hundred twenty volt AC. Or 220 to 240 volt if you're across the pond. DC 9 to 32 volt. Output voltage 0.1 to 30 volts. Charge current says 2, max 10 amps. So I guess 10 amps per channel. Yeah, Yeah. that's what it looks like to me. Two times 10 amp max. Yeah. DC two times two hundred watts, AC two times one hundred sixty watts. So it's basically two two hundred watt chargers if you're running off a of DC power supply, or two one hundred sixty watt chargers if you're running off AC. Which mm-hmm. honestly, that's not a lot. No. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Kind of, that's really low, really. Hmm, that wireless charging thing. Balance current max a uh, thousand milliamp per cell. That's, that's okay. I that's guess that's the same. I thought that's all of them do one amp per that the little wire. Uh, some do less, I think. Oh, uh, okay. Uh, yeah. 
So I don't, I don't really know. 160 watts. I, I mean, I could see the advantage of this is like you could just carry this and plug it into the wall charge packs. Yeah. Like you wouldn't need to build a case really or all that stuff. But 100, yeah. 160 watts doesn't seem like much. I mean, how small is this charger? It looks pretty small. If it's if a phone sitting on top of it, it makes the phone look way bigger. Yeah, it only looks like it's like four inch, three inch yeah. square, maybe. Yeah, like it's like a small box. I mean, you're yeah. looking at like six, seven amps on a 6S. Yeah, yeah. I don't that's, think this is much that's for a 6S. pretty low. I mean, I know, I know it can do 6S. You know, looking at the uh, the reviews, a lot of people talk about 3S2200 batteries, like that type of size. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It'd be, yeah. You're right. For smaller packs is probably I mean, this, what it's designed this for. This charger looks tiny because there's a picture of one of the reviews where the guy's showing um, 6S or those might be 4S's. I can't tell. But they're like little quad batteries, 650cc batteries, and they're not that much bigger. Yeah. Like yeah, I was going to say it's got a that. phone on top of it, but who knows how big that damn phone is. Even if it's the biggest, it's still, like, I have the biggest iPhone. It's still small. It'll fit in your hand. Yeah. Like, like a small three by two inch box almost. It's probably got the dimensions right here somewhere. I think that's a 4S, Steve. Those batteries. Dimensions 100 by 99 yeah. by 64 millimeters. So that's pretty little. Yeah, 100 is what? Like four inches. Yeah. Yeah, just under uh, four inches. So, so four like by four by... Two and a, two half. And a half. Two and a quarter, yeah. That's four, that's pretty small. That's little. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I think so, it's cool that, it plugs, that you can plug it into oh. the wall off of running off 110, yeah. like if you don't want to have to have a big charge case and stuff. Be really good like for guys. yeah. I was gonna say it'd be really good for receiver packs and stuff. Mm-hmm. Basically, you just need this. You wouldn't need a case or anything. Nothing. You throw this with your like your bag with your nitro starter and your nitro yep. like you know all that stuff like your nitro gear. Plug it it's into a small the small thing. Yep. Yeah. All right. I've changed my cool. mind. It's cool. <laughs> it's somewhat cool. We'll see. We'll see how it how it lasts and how you know. I want to actually see it in person because right now it's 150 it's bucks. Yeah, and the only pictures they have that I can tell, at least in their website, besides the ones that people posted, were like some CAD drawing. Yeah. Pictures. So I mean, you could get, uh, um, you could get one of the you know ISDT or the there's a new iCharger one. It's a two channel oh, deals. The X X A. But you're gonna have to have a power supply. To run those, um, ISDT has a. Do, do they have a hundred sixty watt that runs off one ten? I thought they had a. They might. I don't know who has what. I'm just talking out of my ass at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they have one. They have a D one. It's two hundred fifty watt DC or hundred watt AC. So I guess this is to compete with that. Yeah. All right. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. What else we got? We have another charger. This is a small charger. This is only a hundred watt. Is it cheap? It's 50 bucks. 
But it's only like a battery watt deal. Yeah, it looks like a battery checker, yeah. Yeah, it's a Gen's Ace iMars like 3 Smart Balance RC battery charger. It looks like they took like um, an IMAX B6 and put in a new fancy little white box and call it a Gen's Ace <laughs> balance charger. I don't know. It just looks with the four-button layout and everything. Yeah. It's yeah. very generic. Looks just like those. Yeah. Most of those were bigger than 100 watt, though. Yeah. It, uh, this is another one that runs off AC, though, too. Mm-hmm. So Five amp charge rates. Yeah, 100 watts of power. So, I mean, again, another small one you could use. Yeah. Actually, you could buy three of these for the price of the one pulse one. Mm-hmm. Mm. But, I mean, this can only charge five amps at best. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if we're talking about receiver pack deals, I'm saying for the yeah. same price, you could get three. You get 300 watts instead of 160 watts. But you'd have to have three of the units, which might be annoying. Yeah, it'd be cumbersome, yeah. Cool. Okay, what else we got here? Um, Do you guys see any other products to talk about? I, I did not, but Ian's I did got not something look. here. Yeah, I haven't really I've been paying attention on Facebook recently. Damn it. What am I paying you guys for? Damn it, Steve. Damn it, Sorry, Kevin. I'm busy selling my house and getting my teeth broken in and, you know. <laughs> Your teeth <laughs> broken in. You're still yeah. teething? Yeah, man. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> nice. Wow. You know, oh, wait. Nice life. We did have something. Hang on. I know something. It's in the email, but I'm going to read it now. Okay. I'm just changing up the whole format of the show. I don't give a shit whether you like it or not. We got an email from Adam Small about a fun fly he wanted us to mention in our news and announcements. Yes. Cool. The 2021 Mile High Heli Showdown. Mile High, huh? This is in Longmort, Colorado. Long Mount. Long, long Mount. Long Mount. Mont. Long Mont. Long Mont. Long Mont. Even, Isn't that what I said? Anymore. I you thought I said Long Mont. Yeah, and then Kevin had to correct you. And then was, corrected, corrected himself. <laughs> yeah, yeah corrected me wrong. Yourself. Shut long up, Kevin. Mount. I can't read. Sorry. What the hell's wrong with you? Can't read. Um, yeah, yeah said it. me either. I'm teething. <laughs> you got teeth, teeth coming in. Teeth are coming teeth in. Coming in. Mm-hmm. Oh my! 2021 Mile this? High Heli Showdown. This is September 10th through the 12th this year. The Longmont Airplane Modelers Association in Longmont, Colorado. Llama. <laughs> fun for everyone, including pilot prizes, pilot dinner, night flying, and camping all skill levels are welcome, especially beginners. Nice. Contact Josh Moen or Adam Small at facebook.com slash group slash mile high heli showdown. So if you're in Colorado, check that out. Go hang out yeah. with the guys. We'll have to put yeah, this in and cold. announce it again, maybe in August or something. Yeah. Because yeah, September's we'll way too far away. How do you expect us to remember this? <laughs> uh, what's the date on that? I'll put it in my calendar. September 10th through the 12th. 10th through the 12th. Awesome. 
You said you wanted to go to Colorado, didn't you? Just go out there. Oh, yes. And I'll make a quick stop to Denver, too. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Uh, It's like an eight-hour drive. I just looked it up. Yeah, it's like an eight-and-a-half-hour drive all the way down I-70 and then just makes a right turn. So, yeah, that's awesome. Cool. Eight hours from you to there? Yeah. Oh, that's not too bad. You can do that. That's not too that's not terrible at all. No. Holy shit, we found something that you're less than 12 hours away from. Uh-huh. I know. Just sucks. I have to just... It's going to be a boring drive through Kansas. It always is. Well, everything is boring in Kansas. Amen. Get used to it. Yep. Just close your eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Take a nap while you drive through that part. Yeah, it might have to. I mean, the Jeep can drive itself. Anything gets in its way, it's done. It'll just move everything out of the way. Hmm. All right. What's next? Ian, you want to tell us about the... Uh... Yeah. Uh, yes. Um, this message was uh, prepared by uh, Sean White, uh, one of the guys from... Uh, uh, Midwest Heli Boys and uh, Council Bluffs. Uh, they lost a member uh, on the 18th. Um, I'll just go ahead and read the message. It says uh, Steve Jordan was a member of uh, Twin Cities Eagles Squadron and Midwest Heli Boys in Council Bluffs, Iowa. He passed away on uh, March 18th. He took care of all the field maintenance and mowed the runway whenever needed. He was always working on uh, ways to improve the club and the field, and would go out would go out of his way to, uh, you know, to do any type of maintenance changes to the field. I mean, he would even use his uh, own money and supplies if he had an idea for an improvement. He loved every bit of the hobby of the RC hobby, and over the past couple of years, he uh, took a bigger interest in uh, in helis learning the fly barless helis and improving his uh, flying every day. He really enjoyed flying and hanging out with everybody at the field. He was truly a great guy. And I can definitely tell you, he he was really cool. I I wish me personally, I wish my yard was half as nice as that field. He was not only a friend, but family. He, he will, be missed. Uh, rest in peace, brother, from Sean White. Um, we'll go ahead and give him a moment of silence. Okay. Yeah, he was definitely a cool dude. Uh, I, I met him at you know a couple of the fun flies that we uh, went up to. I mean, he always took really great care of the field. You know, uh, took care of any maintenance and all that. Uh, um, one funny little fact: um, at the last fun fly that we went to uh, up there in Council Bluffs, uh, they 
one of the prizes that you could win was for uh, best crop circles in the field. Uh, <laughs> Keith Williams got low enough that he actually dug up a little bit of dirt with the grass, and the grass was just cut before the event, so it was already pretty short. And Keith got low enough to cut the grass low. He, uh, you know, of course, Keith won the the crop circles award, and pretty much what the the prize was was a bag of uh, grass seed to put in the, where he scuffed up the field. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, really cool. Um, on a side note, uh, the guys at the Midwest Heli Boys uh, and Twin Cities Eagle Squadron they're uh, putting on a fun fly at that field, uh, April 24th, uh, there'll be more details to follow. I mean, it, you know, everything kind of did, you know, happen last week. Uh, all the proceeds will be going to, uh, Steve's wife. So, I mean, once I find out more, I'll go ahead and, you know, put it into the announcements. Okay. Yeah. That's, that's cool. They're doing that. Yeah. That's good to hear. Absolutely. Well, our condolences to, his family and friends always hate to hear about hobbyists leaving us. Right. Yeah. yeah. That one was a big blow, especially, you know, with everything that he does. I, yeah, it, uh, that one, that one wasn't going to be an easy pill to swallow for anybody. You'd definitely be missed. All right. What's next for you in the hobby? What's next for me? Yeah, you. For me. Uh, yeah. Just hopefully I get my Oxy-5 parts. Okay. And I hope to be fixing and flying this weekend. I do nice. have a couple of things on the 690 I want to do. I have my auto, my uh, my one-way bearing for the Glogo. I got to put that in. I'll get my shit together for the spring fling, man. Yes. Get ready for that. Yeah. Nice. nice. Yeah, man. Can't wait to see you and Mike there. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, always is. Always is. You guys going? You're going to be there Friday afternoon, right? I'm going to be probably leaving Friday night to come down. Okay. Like we did last year, so I'll probably. I don't. I don't know if Mike's taking a day off. Yeah. Uh, but I'll definitely be there Saturday morning. That worked out great. Like, just drive down Friday night, hit uh-huh. the hotel, and then wake up and go. Yeah, man. Saturday. Nice. Yeah, let's definitely, you know, <laughs> pit together and let's uh, hang out. It's been a while. Yeah. Um. All right. Who's going next? Uh, I can go. Um, what's next for me is more work. Uh, be simming on, uh, you know, simming on Friday and course on Discord. Uh, I'm going to try to sim a little more this week. You know, outside of the Friday night Discord, or, you know, just uh, I really need to work on a lot of different things other than just you know working on the stir more or less. Um, I'm gonna try to go ahead and order some more parts. Um, all I have left to get for the four set uh, for the four twenty is the motor pulley, and then like a couple stupid little things. So like really, it's not really gonna be much of an order. Um, and then hopefully the weather is at least decent. So maybe I can, you know, get off my ass and see what's up with the rotor head on the 470. Maybe I might try a couple of flights with it. 
Just crank it up to 100 and just send it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, I can go on down the street to, you know, to the park I go to over there. So, yeah. Did you work on it any and see what was wrong with it? Not yet. <laughs> I, I've been swamped between working, the Jeep. It's like by the time I got home, like for like the past several days, I've just been like, oh, barely had enough energy to even pop on the simulator. It's like Friday. I, I ended up, you know, I think I simmed for like a couple hours and I was just done and I was just kicking back, just chatting it up. So hopefully this week I'll get on that, get it going. You know, it still has to be functional when it goes in that suitcase. I was just wondering if you, what the problem was. Let us know when you take it apart. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Cause I mean, I still got to put that other grip on there. Maybe, you know, the other set of grips. So maybe something might be tweaked. Um, and probably get a better look at the bearings and, you know, make sure there's nothing going on there. But I at least want to get a, another test pull on it just to find out for sure. And, you know, make sure it's actually something with the heli or if it's just me not been flying for a while. So I, I at least get a couple flights on it and then I'll just pull the head apart and see what's going on. If they're, if the problem is persistent. As far as my week, that's... That's what I'm looking forward to. Hopefully, uh, I do a little more than what I've got listed. All right, cool. Um, I guess I could go next. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, I got the M1 fixed, so I'm going to try to fly that during lunch every day if I can. Well, let's be realistic. I'll fly one. I'll fly <laughs> at lunch, crash it, then have to wait three days or four days. <laughs> and then I'll fly it again and crash it. But, yeah. I'll try to get more flights in the M1. Um, also on the Raw this weekend, I'm going to try to go offline, but I just don't know with this whole tooth extraction. Like, I'll, you know, Saturday might be out, but Sunday might be doable. They'll probably we'll give see. you some drugs. Yeah. I don't I don't like taking any of that stuff, though. Like the uh, uh, pain Are they knocking stuff. you out, dude? No, it's just going to be local. They never okay. lock you up for that, do they? They'll give you a couple Wait, of Wait, is that items. an option? They can, but it's more of a surgery. You know, it's not like they actually put you under anesthesia and stuff. So they treat it more like a surgery type of know, setting. Every time I've had it done, I've had many teeth pulled, <laughs> unfortunately. But um, every time they, they just, you know, numb the shit out of it with, you know, Novocaine. And, and then he goes yanking on it and pulls it out. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Interesting noises you hear in your head when they're pulling a tooth out of your Oh, skull. I had it. I had to help with, uh, I had to go with transportation to take a resident in to have a tooth pulled. And man, that is, that is a bunch of noises you cannot forget. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. They pulled a whopper out of his mouth. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, teeth are long, like the roots are long. <laughs> they're big. Yeah, they, yeah, they, they yanked think. the molar. I mean, it yeah. wasn't a wisdom tooth or anything. It was one of his molars that abscessed. So uh-huh. I've had Ooh. both my lower molars pulled. Yeah, it sucks. Ouch. Um, yeah, besides that, so with the weather getting nicer, um, with us also selling the old house now, there's a lot of things we want to do to this house, and I need to start making some progress on that car again. So, I mean, ah, man, I'm going to be very busy this year, but uh, yeah, I'm going to have to try to allocate some time to do all this other stuff, you know. Um, so I want to start simming more. I want to try simming. Again, you know, I sit maybe once a week and I'll sit for like 10 minutes and I'll just get so bored of it. And I just, I never take it serious. It never, like, I just end up stick banging, right? 
but I want to try simming, but I have a, a Windows PC. It's a gaming machine that I built like a year ago, so it's still okay. Um, it's pretty outdated, actually, but I want to do that. I have the I have two VR headsets, right? I have the Quest 2 or I have the other one, the, the Rift S um, from Oculus, so I can hook up the Oculus. I can do the, the simming on VR. And I want to give it a try because, you know, from what I hear, it's like being at the field. You can turn your head. You can autos and things and stuff. The perception is better because you actually have depth perception now because you have two screens on your eyes. So it can give you depth perception. So I want to give it a try and see if that's any better or not for me. So nice. hopefully I'll try to set that up uh, this week. Cool. Uh, all right. Who else is left? Andy? Yes. I'm busy with farming now because spring is almost here. Uh-huh. So I got to work. Um, try to fly a little bit, probably some more. <laughs> a little bit, another sixty flights in two weeks. Nah, pro- <laughs> probably not that much. Yeah, maybe okay. I don't know. Now's your <laughs> yeah, chance, you say Steve. that. <laughs> no, no, he'll say that. Like, no, no, I'm too busy. I'm too busy. And then next week he'll be like, "Guess what? I did 30 more flights." <laughs> <laughs> you just never know. Never know. It's supposed to <laughs> rain, but when it rains the day after, it's too wet to work. I could just fly all day. Yep. Hmm. No, I don't know. I might try to fly some. I'm definitely going to attempt to suck less, and I'm definitely going to keep complaining. Those are my goals for this next week. Okay. <laughs> so something new this week. Hmm. No. Wait, is it new? It's pretty no. much the same as every other week. I was making a joke. Oh. <laughs> uh, He's joke. being sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <Yes>. boy. <laughs> Aren't you so happy to be back? <laughs> I am. <laughs> All right. Let's move it on to the listener pipeline. All right. Yes. Listener pipeline. Mm-hmm. Do we have anything? Yes. I think so. Uh, let me open it up here. Hey, Free Fall Boys. Uh, this is Adam Small uh, checking in from Denver, Colorado. Just want to say uh, enjoying the show. And uh, we're also excited we're going to uh, have another Mile High Heli Showdown on the Front Range, Denver area, uh, September 10th through the 12th. And it's going to be at the Longmont Airplane Modelers Association. And that's in Longmont, Colorado. And Ian, I know you were uh, uh, talking about uh, the lack of events out west. And uh, we feel your pain, too. That's why we're trying to get this uh, Mile High Haley Showdown uh, happening year over year. Yes. We did run it in 2019, and it went really well. Anyways, hope to have some of uh, the listeners come out and uh, uh, meet you guys and have a lot of fun. If you want to contact anyone, you can reach me, Adam Small or Josh Mowen. All right, boys. See ya. Oh, you can also search Mile High Haley Showdown on Facebook and we have a group page there. Take care, boys. Bye. Nice. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Cool. I'm laughing because the translation (laughs) translation translation says horrible, huh? See, you can also suck (laughs) (laughs) that's what the translation is i thought that's what he's gonna say yeah that text thing never works good yeah oh man great though (laughs) yeah that's that's great that we're getting to hear about some events this year Uh you know not like last year yeah uh was that the only one 
think that's the only one. We had one, but I don't think there's anything there. I didn't try I to we play it. Anything else? Did we? Yes. Got one I Friday, so. but it doesn't show anything, so I'm not sure it's actually there. Okay, listen, it's Friday. <laughs> It is 7.30 in the morning. I've been driving for an hour and a half for my free fall RC episode. And I don't got it. Can somebody go over there and kick Steve? Can somebody not? Yes, talking shit. I don't know. Please. I need something to listen to. It's boring out here. Help me, please. Somebody do something. He said help. He said help. I don't know. Tickle his ass with a feather. For all I care. Yeah. So all you gotta got say is help. I think The reason I played that again was because that easily applied to last week as well, yeah. mm-hmm. even though that was from a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> uh, all right, and that's it. That's it. All right. Cool. Uh, due to time constraints, we are going to skip the wrap-up this week and go straight into the outro. Um, So we appreciate everyone who liked Facebook comment, listener posts, website comments, people popping, and iTunes review. We will definitely catch up with everyone next week. So drop us an iTunes review. We'll read the review on the next episode. Email us at free4c at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash free4c podcast. Check out our webpage, free4cpodcast.show. Say hi to Chris. Hey, Chris. Hi, Chris. Flight Test Forums. <laughs> Off the Field Audio and Video Production other than Flight Test Podcast, Free 4C Podcast. Say hi to David Hill, a.k.a. Hilda Flyer. Hey, Dave. Hey, Dave. Hi, oh, David Hill. All right, fellow podcasters. All right, we got Kevin back. <laughs> Let's see how two weeks have treated him, treated Oof. his mind with... Uh, this I'm is going to sure, be great. Dosage of, uh, <laughs> <alcohol>. <laughs> all right. What do we got here? I'm going to go all over the place. We got Park Flyer Podcast. Park Flyer Podcast. Isn't that that's Siegfried and Roy, right? Uh, nope. No. Um, well, I was just in Vegas, so I know it's not Danny Gans because he died. Um, Park Flyer. That's with two mics and a J. Mm-hmm. We got the RC After Hours. After Hours is with Andre. Mm-hmm. Skids up. Skids up is with Frank, Paul, and Javier. BKRC. That's easy. That's with Bert and Kyle. RC Plane Lab. <laughs> Bert and Kyle, and sometimes a podcast. Uh, <laughs> our RC Plane Lab is with Ron and Tom in the morning. Mm. Yeah. How about RC Roundtable? RC Roundtable is with Lee, Terry, and Fitz. And Reddit Walker Down Under? With Ozzy, Mozzie, and Jeff. Schmine. The RC podcast. That's what Richard Spiegel. Telerota and, podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Kenny Sierra. And Kenny, yes. Sorry. Telerota podcast. That's what Shaggy, 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 and Shaggy. No. <laughs> that's what, that's what Mike's Rich and a Robert. Uh-huh. And the Hellyheads podcast. The Hellyheads. Oh, Kevin was on Discord. That's what. And so was Dan, right? I think Dan even showed up. Maybe I'm mis- mixing people up. I don't know. It's with Kevin, Dan, uh, Scott Graham, and Mike. Yeah. Mike Sobey. Yeah. Is it Mike back? He's everybody's pal. He's like Liquid Wrench. Mike Sobey. Nice. All right. And don't forget to check out Bill Ann's YouTube channel. Bill!
Yeah, Bill actually posted a video. Did he? Believe it or not, of a a telescope spinning around in his backyard. Oh, okay. Yep, on Facebook. I just saw it recently. And somebody asked, do you even fly anymore? And he said, yes, I do. <laughs> I I don't know. I haven't seen it, so I cannot confirm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. But Thanks good for to our be listeners. Back. Yeah, it is very good for you to be back. <laughs> All right. Thanks to our listeners, Free Us Guys, and we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. Later, Bye. y'all. Damn it. Hold on. Bom, 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 bom. Oh, I got That's a new iTunes. one, Steve. You haven't heard. Oh, yeah? Yeah, check this oh, no. Check this out. Wait, wait, wait. What, what, what is it? What is this sort of for? Well, just listen. You'll see. Okay. Andy, you're right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last part. I'm an idiot. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Man, I don't know who to watch out for. Andy or the planker. I'm an idiot. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I will never say that. So and so is right. Do I forgot what we were even talking about. I don't know. Cold. But you, well, you said it, dude, so that, yeah. I mean, that could be once an hour, dude. <laughs> Every other sentence, I thought. Now it's at the push of a button. Mm-hmm. Now it's yeah. Andy, you're right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he was doing that in Discord. We couldn't figure out if it was actually Ian or it was Andy playing it at the beginning, and then Andy's just cracking up. I'm laughing my ass off, and Ian's oh, like, man. "It's not me." Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> is it a goblin raw or just a SAB raw? It's a goblin raw. Okay. Is it a Dodge Ram or is it a Ram? Or is a it Ram Dodge? truck? Or is it Ram truck? Is it Wayne's or Wines? It's uh, Wines. Wines. It's Wines? Wines? I don't know. No, it's Wines. It's Wines. Yeah, it's wines. I don't remember. He's going to kill us if we get that wrong. He's no, going to bring not. the holy hell of Canada. He's Canadian. He's just be like, hey, guys, you got it wrong. We're going to take back Jim Carrey and Pamela Anderson. And, well, Alex Trebek is gone, but we would have took him back, too, so you get that shit right. Ryan Reynolds. We can't lose him. Got to make oh, another bit. No. No. It's important shit. My favorite Deadpool quote. He's like, wouldn't it be great if we could find something, you know, if we were we landed on a planet where everybody was just like that much less than us and the other guy goes, Isn't that Canada? (laughs) 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 That dude's a national treasure for Canada. He is. What you talking about, Andy? You got the second shot with your microchips. I was wondering if he's picking up Wi Fi. Getting 5G oh, service. No, no. No.
the prompt is just flashing. I'm waiting for the download. <laughs> Get up tomorrow and I'll be able to, tomorrow morning I'll be able to speak Chinese. Nice. That'd be cool. In German. Well, I know karate. Andy, you're right. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Good review on the wall. I'm surprised I didn't hear that more often on the episode. <laughs> I wasn't anywhere good to play it. Yeah. Andy, you're right. Ian's an idiot. <laughs> Andy, you're right. Ian's an idiot. Uh-huh. Oh. Not, see, I had this one up for when he tries to uh, read the do the podcasters, I was just going to say. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs>